0: It's Saturday, March 18th, 2023. Hope everybody's having a great week. It is BK here coming at you from San Diego, California, where it is glorious outside. And so once again, the shade not found anywhere else in nature of bronze that is on my skin is glowing. The ab veins are popping, snaking down into the upper thighs. And of course, the hair is on point, and I expect each and every one of you to have your appearance the same way. You know how we do it. Check me out on social media. Follow that Twitter account for Breaking News, at Bravo Kilo Actual, and follow me on Instagram, at BKActual, and it is 12.15 p.m. here getting started. And let's go ahead and begin in France. Oh, sacre bleu! The Frenchies are not happy. Macron, the French president, has pushed through a law raising the retirement age over there. And Emmanuel Macron did that because he was worried that France's parliament would not approve this bill, which was fiercely contested, raising the retirement age from 64 to 62. So basically, he was able to somehow, and we'll, we'll discover how, get this legislation through the parliament without a full parliamentary vote. And that's just going to... You know, make kind of the inflammation of the situation worse. Uh, so, let me see. Macron claims he told government ministers that his interest would have been to go to a vote, but he considered it that the present time, the financial and economic risks are too great. Basically saying, no, This the math does not add up. We have to do this. And you, you guys know how they do it in Paris. We've talked about the rioting many times. Going back to the Yellow Jacket. yellow vest movement. Remember that back during his uh, first term? And that went on for a long time and it was extremely violent. So after going through that ruling kind of by himself is not what he wanted to do. This pension plan had gone over, like basically been going on for like two months. The Senate or upper house approved the bill early Thursday, but like us, they have two houses and the disarray in the lower house occurred because Macron's, Renaissance party does not hold a parliamentary majority. And even like the so-called right-wingers over there who are like, you know, soft libs over here. They were the guys once pushing to raise the retirement age to 65, which is where we had it for like decades and decades and they're but they pushed out the closer it got because of those nationwide protests and you guys have all seen those going on in uh social media. So, he was somehow able to avoid a national assembly vote. It is legal over there. And I'm just trying to, you know, figure out, Oh, here we go. All right, I'm coming. I see it a couple paragraphs down, but Macron did not want to get defeated on this. He's been like looking for this pension age rage since he took office in 2017. So, The government used a measure known as the 49.3. It is named after the relevant article of the Constitution, the Article 49.3. That allows certain bills to be passed without a vote. vote. Um, Opposition lawmakers now have 24 hours to file a no-confidence motion and have vowed to do so. If the no-confidence motion is rejected, the bill stands and becomes the law of the land. If it passes... Macron's prime minister and cabinet have to resign, and the bill is rejected. At that point, Macron could reappoint, you know, his current PM, a chick named Bourne, or appoint a new prime minister. Uh, but he basically has his threat hanging over. You know, he's he's threatened to dissolve the National Assembly if a no-confidence motion passes, and that would lead to whole new parliamentary elections. Now that's kind of like. A, a far-fetched deal and macron is saying no no this is not me acting alone because hey parliament is going to be able to vote on that no confidence motion uh so the it's about that article 49.3 i know this is a little bit boring but let's just uh, quickly get through it they used that several times last year to pass budget bills uh, but the pension bill is far more contentious because of how the French people are. They they the the pension in France is sacred, and work is widely viewed as like kind of a prison sentence over there. And it's only made bearable by knowing that at age sixty two you're going to get generous pension benefits. And they're really kind of uh, down the middle. Of course, all the usual left wing suspects are protesting and all that and it's just so weird so macron is arguing like look people are living longer and healthier so this very very generous state-backed system of retirement from the age of 62 is untenable and much like us they have fewer active workers paying the pensions of growing numbers of retirees and he not only thinks it's serious for the financial part but for the symbolism of it, saying, hey, you know, we're not the fucking lazy bum French, you know, sitting on the Riviera and going ha, 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 all day long while sipping our fucking Bordeaux, you know, they they wanted, he wanted to get rid of that because he was like this younger guy, like the technocrat, you know what I'm saying, kind of in that Obama, Tony Blair model, and France is an outlier, in Germany, retirement is 65 years and 7 months, that's weird, in Italy, it is 67 uh, so yeah, the French people fucking love it. And I would too, I guess I would love to, but, uh, I don't, it just never occurred to me. And I saw the protests and it was a bunch of like really young people. And I'm like, dude, I never thought when I was like 22, like, I'm going to go riot because I'm not going to get a cush lifestyle when I turn 62 I'll have to wait for two years later. I don't know. But so they're rioting over there. And, uh, especially even after the no confidence motions were passed, in Paris, thousands of young protesters converged on the Place de la Concorde across the River Seine from the National Assembly, chanting slogans like, quote, Macron, you are done. The youth is in the street, end quote. And they had a tear gas and all that other stuff. So that's kind of what's going on over there. Enjoy that one. Let's go to something a little bit more interesting and talk about the submarine deal. That happened with the U.S. and the U.K., and this is going on a big debate in now Australia because remember Prime Minister Anthony Albanese, Albanese, sorry, formally unveiled plans with the U.S. and U.K. Prime Minister of uh, Australia. He signed that plan to develop and deploy nuclear-powered attack submarines. So now the plan is. Australia is going to buy up to five U.S.-made submarines before building a new version with British and American help. That's aimed at reinforcing American-led military dominance in the Asia-Pacific region to counter China's military growth. That security pack is called AUKUS, A-U-K-U-S. Australia, UK, U.S., right? And, of course, China's already criticizing this. So it has bipartisan support among the Australian officials, but it's got a lot of criticism in recent days from former prime ministers and experts, because they're saying not only is this a shitload of money, uh, are the submarines going to be useful? And how much does that kind of tie Australia to U.S. interests? Will that make it subservient? They them to us, that is. You know, is this our business to be patrolling this area because the U.S. doesn't want China to invade Taiwan? The most vocal critic is form, former Prime Minister Paul Keating. And he was uh, he, he was going into, like, personal attacks at the government ministers involved in the deal. He is from the same party as Keating. It's the center-left Labour Party as the current Prime Minister. And he said that the deal put Australia's sovereignty at risk and had, quote, screwed into place the last shackle in the long chain the United States has laid out to contain China, might End quote. That's a spot-on impression. He claims, the Prime Minister claims Australia will have full autonomy over how the submarines are used, but analysts are saying Australia is unlikely to develop the expertise needed within the next 10 years, and this is funny, many, if not most, of the crew Aboard the submarines may have to be American. I don't... So so how would they, you know... So if Australia wants to use them for something we don't like, and vice versa, so you can see the concern. I have a question. Ten fucking years, that's not long enough to train submariners? I mean, even the nuke engineer school isn't that long. Uh, So I'm not sure. Don't they have... Uh, I'm assuming... I'm pretty sure... Don't they have, like, submarine fucking simulators like they have flight simulators right don't they have some of those for like you know submarines right I don't know shit about submarines but don't they um have it like where they practice firefighting and stuff like that on board emergencies I'm pretty sure I remember seeing that they do yeah I did sub lockout training I never actually was able to do one on a real submarine which is one of the big regrets I have but it uh the lockout training was cool enough so This uh, agreement, that AUKUS agreement, is actually announced a year ago. I remember vaguely talking about it. And they say this deal is going to cost $246 billion US or $368 billion Australian dollars over the next three decades. And that's what Australia would have to spend. So we'll watch that one. How about some election news? There was an election. And let's go to the Netherlands. You guys remember those, they've been having those farmers protests over there because in the name of global warming, like the bureaucrats wanted to sh- like shut down farming for some reason. Like like, you, like a common sense would be like, well, maybe that's the last thing we should touch since they grow all our food. But a small party who is pro those farmers has swept provincial elections in the Netherlands to become the biggest in their Senate. And this is a sharp challenge to Prime Minister Mark Rutte. Administration. This party is called the Farmer Citizen Movement. It only has 11,000 members. But now it will be a major player in a government body that approves or rejects legislation that comes out of the House of Representatives, just like us. They've got the Senate and the House. So a lot of voters are saying this is a, this is a big win for the underdog, right? Uh, against the country's elites, and it shows support for the preservation of rural life in the Netherlands and the farming economy. So this is what they were fighting against, because Root's government, because they're run by these climate change fanatics... Passed that strict law to cut nitrogen emissions in the Netherlands by 50% by 2030, which is coming up pretty quick to fight climate change. And place it in line with European Union requirements to preserve nature reserves. Uh, So that is what kicked off all of this because the pro-farmers party says that would imperil farmers operations in a country renowned for its agricultural industry. To reach those government emission reduction goals, thousands of farmers would have to significantly reduce the number of their livestock and the size of their operation. And if they can't do it, then they'd have to close down their operations altogether. So, good. Yeah, and this farmer citizen movement, by the way, didn't even exist until four years ago. They had zero seats going into the election And they won 16 seats in the 75-seat Senate. So yeah, huge win. They're known by their Dutch acronym of BBB. Uh, Let me see here. One guy says the party's victory means, quote, The Netherlands has taken a big step forward into being more reasonable, end quote. Research from 2019 shows that Netherlands produces on average four times as much nitrogen as other European countries because they grow a lot of food. The agricultural industry over there is responsible for the largest share of nitrogen emissions in the country. And a lot of that is from the poop from the estimated 1.6 million cows that provide the milk used to make the country's famed cheetah- cheeses. You guys have heard of Edam cheese and of course you've heard of Gouda cheese. And, uh, yeah, so it's uh, they, they want to put him out of business. And the people just uh, said, fuck you, no way. Let us talk about China and, yes, Vladimir Putin. Sounds like China's leader is going to visit Putin. That's right, Xi Jinping. Um, he is supposedly going to personally meet with President Vladimir Putin in Russia next week. And yes, he would do so under that arrest warrant issued by the International Criminal Court that accuses Putin of war crimes. I'll talk more about that in a second. So Xi's visit is portrayed by China as a mission of personal diplomacy to help make peace between Russia and Ukraine. Western officials, however, interpret that as the most overt sign yet that China is supporting Putin and that Xi Jinping is increasingly determined to challenge the idea of any U.S.-led global order by drawing other countries in that area into a closer orbit with them. Uh, So China, uh, Russia, as you guys know, is bogged down. Uh, A few stories on that in a minute. And uh, that's no end in sight with the Ukraine war. Uh, Russia's neighbor Finland cleared that hurdle to join NATO. European allies maneuvered to get Ukraine warplanes. I'll talk more about that as well and uh, everything else. Now, Russia did not sign the 2002 treaty that established the authority of the International Criminal Court, and neither did we, and I'll have more on that in a minute. Uh, There was no reaction to the ICC uh, decision from China. So the three-day visit by Xi to Moscow is set to begin on Monday. Are we watching that one carefully? That's going to be pomp and circumstance. So let's talk about the ICC warrant. What does it mean? What do they want? Well, the court says that Putin bears individual criminal responsibility for the abduction and deportation of Ukrainian children since Russia's invasion began in February of last year. And they also did the court issue a warrant for Maria Lvova-Balova. Lvova-Balova, that's what it says. She is Russian's commissioner for children's rights. She's kind of been the public face of this program where... Ukrainian children and teenagers have been taken to Russia and, I guess, either put into homes or put with Russian families. So, lawyers familiar with this case said they expected prosecutors to proceed with the arrest warrants because there was a strong trail of public evidence. In case you don't know what the ICC is, it was created two decades ago as a standing body to investigate war crimes, genocide, and crimes against humanity. That was under a 1998 treaty known as the Rome Statute previously the united nations security council had kind of done these little pop-up tribunals when when atrocities did happen uh if you don't like the word pop-up you can use ad hoc that's what it means and they would um have these pop-up tribunals to address these atrocities in places like the former yugoslavia for example or rwanda where they hacked each other to death and the court is based in The Hague. That is a Dutch city that has long been a center for international law and justice. Remember, our close American ally, Great Britain, is part of the International Court Criminal Court. But we are not. Yeah, we, uh, we like to go to war too much. And basically our reasoning for not joining is we fear that... The people at the Hague would try to try us for war crimes. You know, you remember back in the height of the Iraq war, it was very pop. Remember Bush Hitler, <laughs> young kids. Don't you remember that, right? Bush Hitler. Yes. George W. Bush. They wanted him tried at the Hague for war crimes for invading uh, uh, Iraq. So what does that does actually mean on paper? I mean, it's pretty symbolic because the court, first of all, they can't try defendants in absentia anyway. They just won't do it. And obviously, Vladimir Putin is not going to surrender himself to the ICC. So it's very much a uh, you know a symbolic gesture. The court has no power to arrest sitting heads of state or bring them to trial. They must rely on other leaders and governments to act as their sheriffs around the world. So uh, let me see here. Here's here's a little wrinkle. Because they say a suspect who manages to evade capture may never have a hearing to confirm the charges. However, late last year, boy, this is bringing back a name. A legal move complicated that issue. Last November, the court's prosecutor, a guy named Karim Khan, petitioned to move ahead with the confirmation of charges of war crimes and crimes against humanity... Against the Ugandan militant and founder of the Lord's Resistance Army. Remember him? Remember the name? Anyone? Joseph Kony. Yeah, remember all that? Remember, all that? that was a huge American social media frenzy. Remember that became the hot thing? Yes. He is not in custody, is Kony. And he's been a fugitive for years. So. Previously, like I said, they couldn't, you know, they'd have to have a guy actually brought into the court. But Karim Khan, he says, no, no, I want to actually charge him even though we don't have him in custody. So that decision on whether or not that's legal is pending. So, uh, oh, by the way, P- uh, Putin decided to visit Crimea on the anniversary of him annexing that section from Ukraine. So, I mean, that maybe that's why we had the drones over there. You know, I, yeah, but we'll never do that. Like that would end this shit so quick. Like fucking one, just a couple of the Ginsu knife drones, just right on Putin. And that would be it. And then everybody else would be like, you know what? I think we're done. So, uh, more on us, our reluctance, um, to join the ICC president, Bill Clinton, actually signed the Rome Statute. That was the treaty. Remember the 1998 treaty that established the ICC? He signed it in the year 2000, but he called it flawed, and so he did not send it to the Senate for ratification. Remember, the Senate has to ratify all treaties. A president cannot do it on his own. And then in 2002, George W. Bush essentially withdrew that signature And Congress, our Congress, passed laws in 1999 and 2002, and that limited what support our government could provide the court. Because even they were like, it just is not a good look for the freedom capital of the world, the United States of America, best nation in the history of the planet, is going to be under the thumb of some fucking random prosecutor At the Hague. Politically, it's just untenable. Only like far leftist Americans are like, oh no, this makes us a pariah in the world. Uh, But the State Department has acknowledged the reality of the court. And remember, this actually, the fear actually happened, you know, fearing uh, us fearing that they were going to try Americans. Because in 2017, the top prosecutor for that court, tried to investigate the torture of detainees accused of terrorism during the Bush administration. That was part of a larger inquiry into the war in Afghanistan. In response, the then-Trump administration imposed sanctions on the court's personnel. (laughs) And Secretary of State Mike Pompeo denounced it as corrupt. And then, of course, a thaw in relations returned in 2021 when guess who? The Sleepy Joe's administration revoked... President Trump's sanctions in return, it doesn't say that, but I'm guessing, in return for that newly appointed prosecutor, Karim Khan, dropping that torture of detainee investigation. So very good. Now you guys know more about that shit than 99% of Americans. Now let's quickly talk about this drone. It's kind of an older story by now. You guys have all seen the video. The first known physical contact between the Russian and American militaries since the war in Ukraine began. So the drone footage showed a 42 second color video clip shot from the drone and it showed two high speed passes by Russian SU-27 fighter jets each time spraying a substance that the Pentagon said was jet fuel on the American MQ-9 Reaper drone. And shout out to my man who was, uh, I'll just say is in the know on this personally and, uh, kind of confirmed some details on me, um, you you can kind of see the Russian jet colliding with the drone right on the final pass. And no, that was not on purpose. Uh, That was not on purpose. Like you would have to be a fucking idiot to fly a plane into another plane. Like you're a moron. If you do that, especially like a plane that costs tens of millions of rubles or whatever fucking Russia conversion rate is. Yeah. So basically their pilots are like the rest of their army, completely incompetent and stupid. So you can't see, but after that, the drone crashed into the sea. And the Pentagon is saying they already wiped remotely any intelligence they could have gotten for it. Um, It crashed in waters southwest of Crimea. And the Russian Ministry of Defense said the drone had been flying near the peninsula and they were headed towards the Russian border with its identifying transponder off. Hmm. Moscow said this was a violation of the instructions Russia has issued for the airspace over their special military operation in Ukraine. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. Uh, You guys know most of this now. They're basically accusing us of trying to collect data to aid Ukraine, which (laughs) fucking pretty much. I'm sure we were. I mean, what else are you doing there? So they're claiming the drone went down in waters 4,000 to 5,000 feet deep. Uh, so fucking good luck to them. Uh, it doesn't appear like there will be too much fallout from that. Uh, just a little bit quick. I have a few audio clips. Uh, but the, in case you didn't know, the Reaper drone, that's our, that's our guy. The MQ-9 Reaper drone. Uh, it's used for both surveillance and for attack. It can reach speeds of up to 275 miles per hour and fly at an altitude of 50,000 feet. Some of their models are capable of flying for up to 34 hours. It's made by uh, California-based General Atomics Aeronautical Systems. But yeah, it can drop bombs, launch missiles. uh, It has a slower speed and lack of defensive weapons, because, and so that would make it relatively easier to shoot down. The MQ-9 is a newer, larger version of the MQ-1 Predator drone, which the U.S. Air Force used until 2018. So this is like the latest and greatest. And uh, it cost $32 million. So there's $32 million right down the dr- drink. So let's hear from United States Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin talking about this and hear what he has to but say.
1: Before I get to that important work, I want to say just a few words about a troubling episode yesterday. On Tuesday, Russian aircraft again engaged in dangerous and reckless and unprofessional behavior. In the international airspace over the Black Sea, and two Russian jets dumped fuel on an unmanned U.S. MQ-9 aircraft conducting routine operations in international airspace, and one Russian jet struck our MQ-9 aircraft, resulting in a crash. And this hazardous episode is a part is part of a pattern of aggressive, risk, <clears throat> risky, and unsafe actions by. Russian pilots, and in international airspace. Now, I just got off the phone with my Russian counterpart, Minister Shoigu. As I've said repeatedly, it's important that great powers be models of transparency and communication. And the United States will continue to fly and to operate wherever international law allows.
0: All right, there you go. We're going to do it, Bo. We're going to do it. We're going to keep doing it. Good for him. Uh, General uh, White Rage Mark Milley chimed in as well because he was asked, "Well, is this considered like an act of war?" As, far as
2: an act of war goes, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go there. Incidents happen, um, and and uh, clearly uh, we do not uh, seek armed conflict with uh, with Russia, and uh, and and I believe that uh, uh, at this point we should investigate this incident uh, and move on from there. But okay, we will continue I, to exercise. I, I, I,
0: I think I think we know what happened. By the way, the Russian pilots who did this, I, I read in another article there. They're being awarded medals for their incompetence. Uh, just quick, as long as we're on the subject, uh, just the war quickly. How's it going? Well, the Ukrainian forces are burning through ammo in Bakhmut. Been talking about Bakhmut for a while now. They're firing thousands of artillery shells a day. That is a pace that American and European officials say is unsustainable and could jeopardize a planned springtime campaign that they hope will prove decisive. It's been so intense that the Pentagon raised concerns with Kiev recently after several days of nonstop artillery firing. Uh, And so this is kind of a tension between Ukraine's decision to defend this town of Bakhmut at all costs and its hope for retaking territory later in the spring. And the Americans actually warned Ukraine that, dude, you're wasting ammunition so the U.S. and Britain are preparing to ship thousands of NATO and Soviet-type artillery rounds and rockets to shore this supply up. But an American defense official said that is a last-ditch effort. Because basically, Ukraine's allies don't have enough ammo to keep up with Ukraine's pace, and their stocks are critically low. we, the U.S. and other Western manufacturers, have been ramping up production, but that it takes a while. It's going to take months for new supplies to do this. So they think that spring offensive is really the last meaningful opportunity this year to go on the offense, and they've had these persistent ammo shortages. So not clear what they're going to do there. Now let's talk about some of those weapons because significantly some warplanes are going there now. Poland has announced that they will send mig-29 jets now the ukrainians are going to take that but what they really want is our f-16s and after poland announced that the government of slovakia said yesterday friday they would send 13 mig-29 planes to ukraine as well however if you guys have heard the podcast throughout the years you know this is not uncommon in these european militaries most of Slovakia's MiG-29 warplanes are not in working order. <laughs> so uh, so the delivery to Ukraine, they're going to have to provide spare parts uh, for Ukraine's own fleet of Soviet-era jets. So they're basically going to cannibalize all of Slovakia's MiG-29s and add it to the Ukraine fleet. So it's really not going to add anything to the actual number of planes in the air. Uh, oh, by the way, Poland, uh, the batch they're sending is four MiG-29s within days. What else quickly about that? Uh, oh, and also Poland said they foiled a Russian spy ring that was seeking to sabotage arms shipments to Ukraine. They apparently detained nine foreigners accused of spying for Russia. Um, Let's see here. Who announced this? The Polish interior minister, a guy named Mariusz... Kaminsky. He said it was a dismantling of what he said was a major Russia espionage network. Uh, So he claimed that yes, they were conducting intelligence activities against Poland and preparing acts of sabotage at the request of Russian intelligence. All right. So spying busted. All right. think that's about it for Ukraine war. Let's keep going. And, uh, just uh, more updates on the story I've been watching. Let's talk about Pakistan's Imran Khan, the former Prime Minister of Pakistan. I told you guys last week they issued a warrant for his arrest. Well, Imran Khan has now appeared at court on those corruption charges in Islamabad, the capital of Pakistan. So he arrived there. Remember, his, his supporters were fighting the cops outside of his home. Like, you know, that's, man... That's when again that's when you know you've made it man. When people are like rioting to protect you from the authorities. Yeah, you you were you were there man. You did some shit. Same here, same kind of scene unfolded as you arrived in court. Tons of supporters and again the supporters fought with the cops outside the judicial complex. As a matter of fact, it was so bad the chaos the court allowed Imran Khan to register his appearance from inside his vehicle. Like He didn't even make it inside. <clears throat> Remember, Khan was removed from office in that parliamentary no-confidence vote in April. And he's facing dozens of court cases on charges that include terrorism and corruption. Very good. Let's do something fun now. And yes, many of you guys sent this to me. I've been looking forward to playing. I've purposely not listened to it at all. Because I was so looking forward to playing it, and this is the new documentary coming out on Fox Nation about Jussie Smollett. Yes, Jussie Smollett, the race hoaxer of the century. This is MAGA country, all that stuff, and you remember he faked that attack by himself, and... The Fox Nation documentary people got the perpetrators of the attack. Remember the osundaro brothers, the two Nigerian guys? Yeah. They were in on it by Jussie. And I remember there's all kinds of like weird details. Like I think one dude was like letting Jussie like suck him off in like a gay bathhouse or something like that. And they were like wannabe actors. And they it was very weird. Anyway, though, I'm going to play the clip now. They recreated the attack against Jussie Smollett for the Fox camera. So let's listen in on this.
3: Bench. <laughs> this is where we waited for Jussie to come before we attacked him. So we got here with 10 minutes to spare and we had to plan our escape route to survey the land. His building is actually right here, right above the stairs that we're going to attack him at. We made sure we got there at 2 a.m., sharp on the dot on the dot we had no phones because he did not want us to bring any phones mark said so we don't lose them i don't know if that's really the reason but you can deduce your own reason so 2 a.m he was nowhere to be found he was not there so we were like damn what do we do we didn't have no way of contacting him he had no way of contacting us so we waited here for about what Four, four minutes. It was about four, four, minutes, minutes, four minutes. But it felt like forever because it was cold as balls. <laughs> so I saw him out the corner of my eye, and I was like, Okay, that's him. Let's go. We gotta go get this empire. F- <laughs> yeah, that's him. That's him. Is that him? That's that Nick. That Get that, 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 that Oh, he's moving fast. Come on, let's get him. Get that Let's that, Get him. That, as we cross the street, we <laughs> said, Hey, to get his attention. Hey, Nick. Hey. He turned around, looked at us, and that's when we started yelling uh, the famous slurs he wanted us to yell. Hey, aren't you that empire empire fat nigga? it's country. Yeah. And then he said, what did you say to me? And then that's when I threw the first punch at him. I held the blow, because I didn't want to hurt him. He's course. actually
0: swinging, so As they show blow, how he punched him.
3: But I held it. Then we started tussling, move, moving around, and then I threw him to the ground. He wanted it to look like he fought back. That was very important for uh, him. Of course. Because he said, hey, don't just beat my ass. Make it look like I'm fighting back and whatnot. So <laughs> we did that, and then I threw him to the ground. And while After I threw him to the ground, I, he had no bruise. I wanted it to look more real. So then I threw him to the ground. Twist I threw him Derek? to the ground. I used my knuckle and gave him a noogie. So I went like this. Why did I do that? To give him a scar, to give him a mark, to make it look real like he really did get his ass beat. Now,
0: Under his right eye, there is a mark that. that shows mugshot. I
3: fake kicked him. I don't know what he was doing. I wasn't paying attention. That's where I came around with the bleach, the infamous bleach in the hot sauce bottle, poured it on his shirt. Then I finally put the rope around his face. I did not put it around his neck. I just placed it on his face, and that's when we took
0: off. There they go running down the sidewalk. <laughs> oh, that is so... You know, he is still denying us. That's what kills me. He's still denying it. Like, bro, Like, what's your defense on... It's, it's so fucking funny to me. But yeah, that's, you know, it's funny because remember when I played during the Jussie Small thing, remember I played those YouTube guys and they were joke recreating it. Remember they were reading the lines and it was like supposed to be a humorous skit that you could almost confuse the two because it sounds like that's exactly what the actual Osendaro brothers did. I really hope they air that unedited. They probably won't because it's Fox and they're pussies, but uh, that would be great if they included all the racial slurs and everything else like that. That's fantastic. Good stuff. I'll be uh, looking forward to that one. All right. uh, Let's go here. Uh, Again, something more fun and talk to about these Florida people where a threesome turned into a fight after couples' genitals are insulted by another woman. Guys, how many times? The threesome never ends well. Like, you you might finish and it ends well. And you might even do it a few more times, and it might end well, and everybody finishes, and there's fluids everywhere, and everybody's happy. But inevitably, it's going to end badly. I'm just telling you. Just don't involve your wife or your girlfriend with a friend of yours or hers because that's just going to lead to tears. There's going to be jealousies that come up. Your uncle BK, trust me. You know what I'm talking about here. So in Florida. Steven Lopez and Angela Velez Vasquez invited over Della Draper for a romantic interlude. There's no sign as this was a regular thing or if this was off the internet, they hired a hooker or what. This is in the Florida Keys. So while they were in bed together, they started arguing. The couple says that the 29-year-old 20 year woman, Della Draper, the hooker or whatever, she started insulting them by saying the man had, quote, a small dick, end quote, and the woman a, quote, stank pussy, end quote. Uh, So they started fighting, and then uh, Lopez threw a cinder block through the rear window of the victim's car. And then Lopez and Vasquez said that when Draper refused to leave their home, they forcibly removed her by picking her up and placing her down outside the front door of the residence. So then Draper got in her car and she put it in reverse. And she started driving the vehicle backwards towards the home's front door where the two were standing. And that's when uh, the dude, Lopez, threw the cinder block at the Nissan. And then Draper then gets out of the car and swings at the other chick, but she missed and she responded by punching Draper in the face. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Draper, by the way, is a mother of two who works as a housekeeper. Uh, She was allegedly involved in another violent threesome in her house. She was arrested for felony aggravated battery in that one. Wow. Sounds like a winner to me. I'll never get tired of Florida chicks. All right, guys, back to the U.S. And yes, oh, I am so looking forward to this. Let's talk about Trump. And the indictment, oh, I can't wait. This is going to be fantastic. Trump is claiming his arrest is imminent. He's calling for protests. That's right. He's facing indictment by a Manhattan grand jury. So he declared on True Social, a social media site, that he would be arrested on Tuesday. Now, we don't know specifically if he will be on Tuesday. But Trump made the declaration at 7.26 a.m. this morning, Saturday. And the post ended, all capitalized, quote, the far and away leading Republican candidate and former president of the United States of America will be arrested on Tuesday of next week. Protest. Take our nation back. We need a beautiful protest. This protest will be like nothing that everyone's ever seen. I know the best protests. All right, I made up that last couple sentences, but that's pretty much what he was doing. A lawyer for Trump said that his post had been based on news reports. So, the district attorney in Manhattan is Alvin Bragg. Prosecutors working for him have said that indictment of Trump could be imminent. This is all coming from that 2016 hush money payment to Stormy Daniels, the porn star. They're not saying when an arrest would be made, or if they're going to go look for him, or anything else. So... Let me see here. Let me just go. I have a few tabs open on this. So let me get to it here. I'm just scrolling down this first one because uh, the funny thing is Friday evening, he and his campaign announced what could be his first rally, which is going to be an event in Waco, Texas. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great if he was on stage and they like sent uh, fucking federal marshals to come cuff him on stage? So now they're all freaked out. They're, they're calling for security arrangements at the Manhattan criminal court. Uh, just some details in here. Uh, Trump is expected to be charged in connection with the hush money payment his former lawyer, Michael Cohen, made to the porn star, Stormy Daniels, who claimed to have an affair with Mr. Trump, but then she denied it, too. So Cohen made a $130,000 payment to Stormy Daniels to bury her story of the affair. So the payment came in the run-up to the 2016 election. Trump subsequently reimbursed Cohen. So prosecutors are expected to accuse Trump of overseeing the false recording of the reimbursements in his company's internal record. The records falsely stated that the payments to Cohen were for quote legal expenses end quote. And they went, but as far as the Manhattan guys, they're saying, hey, if um, if we choose to do this and arrest and process him, he will be have that like everybody else. Fingerprinting, photographing. Will they throw handcuffs on him? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, he's got... And the other thing, he's protected by Secret Service, so what are they supposed to do? It is standard for defendants arrested on felony charges to be handcuffed. Really? Are they really I thought it was a misdemeanor. Uh, what is this? This is ridiculous. Okay, like, look... Uh, hold on. Let me let me not blow my load, so to speak, right here. Uh, let me play the news story about this first. Let me uh, play Fox News talking about this story. We're here we go. That the Manhattan
2: DA's office has asked for a meeting with law enforcement ahead of a potential Trump indictment. This is coming to Fox News from a source in the courts. The meeting, which was requested yesterday and has not been set yet, is to discuss logistics for some time next week, which would mean that they are anticipating an indictment next week the same source who's familiar with the planning said they will go over security preparations in and around the courthouse in lower manhattan secret service will take the lead in what they will allow or will not allow the source cautioned, mentioning for instance that the decision to handcuff the president a former president or not they will set the tone and will escort him into the courtroom there will be coordination between all of us the source said but we will defer to the Secret Service. The battle will be, t- be between Secret Service and DA Alvin Bragg. They will decide how and when he'll get into the building.
0: Okay, let me just, uh, I'll stop it there because I have a few others. I want to see about exactly what this is. Uh, let's just go over quickly the timeline, you guys. Uh, so, remember, basically he was telling her to like keep quiet about the affair. Like, so who gives a shit? So what if he uses money? And I know, every I talked about this last week a little bit. He's like, well, he used campaign funds, refalsified record. We're like, what do you that's a felony? Now, if Trump's, if, if he is, in fact, facing criminal charges, he'd be the first one since the 18th president, Ulysses S. Grant. You know what Grant was charged for? For going too fast on his horse in 1872. <laughs> uh, so and this all goes back to 2006. Man. Yeah, so th- there was a 60 Minutes interview in 2018 and Stormy Daniels said in 2006 she had a liaison with Donald Trump after they met in July of 06 at a celebrity golf tournament in Lake Tahoe. And that's when fucking Trump fucking put his wood into her. Trump, however, has always denied that he slept with Daniels. Okay, I told one, I totally believe that he slept with Daniels. <laughs> Absolutely. Why wouldn't you? So, then in 2007, Stormy Daniels told Anderson Cooper she met Trump at the Beverly Hills Hotel in L.A. of July 2007, a year later, to discuss what she believed would be a development in Trump's attempts to get her on his hit show, The Apprentice. Trump was like, ah, I'm almost there. Uh, I'll have an answer for you next week. So, then she left. And then a month later, Trump said, no, I can't get NBC to get you on the show because you're a fucking porn star, dummy. Uh, yeah. So... Daniels then went on to say, in May of 2011, she had an interview with a public a sister publication of InTouch magazine. She was going to be paid $15,000 to discuss her time with Trump. Two employees at InTouch, the, the subsidiary, said that Trump's attorney, Cohen, threatened to sue the magazine if the interview ran. The story was killed. Daniels said she was never paid. Um, so I really don't want to go all This, this went on forever, dude. Uh, So what about the payoff here? In August, National Enquirer, in August of 2016, National Enquirer parent company, American Media Inc., bought the rights to another chick's life story. That was fucking Karen McDougal. That was the former Playboy model. And she had a story to sell about her affair with Trump to the National Enquirer. So... So the attorney for McDougal contacts National Acquire with that story about the relationship. A month later, Trump gets the Republican nomination for president, right? And so David Pecker, the former president of AMI, struck a deal with the Trump campaign officials to buy Karen McDougal's story in order to suppress it and prevent it from influencing the election. The firm, AMI, by the way, has agreed to pay a fine of $187,500 for their role in it. Uh, So then it was reported in 2018 that Cohen negotiated $130,000 to ensure her silence. And he used a Delaware-based LLC called Essential Consultants to wire the money to Daniels' attorney, Keith Davidson, on October 27, 2016. And then just a few days later, Trump was elected president of the United States. So then Cohen bills the Trump Organization for $180,035. Okay. And the Trump organization executives then gave Cohen a total of $420,000 over the course of the year. So they're basically saying this was a reimbursement for the money that Cohen gave Daniels. There you go. That's kind of like what happened. And like, I could like care less, dude. Now Trump is saying, like, hey, Every campaign has campaign finance violations because they're trying to hit them with that, that you used campaign finance money in paying this. So, for example, in 2013, President Obama's campaign was fined $375,000 by the Federal Election Commission. That was after his 2008 campaign did not turn in reports for about 1,300 last-minute donations that totaled nearly one9 Million. That was the largest, or one of the largest, fines against a presidential campaign. That topped the two hundred eight thousand dollars in penalties paid by the Reverend Al Sharpton after failing to accurately report receipts and spending during his failed two thousand and four presidential bid. So what what the what the media is trying to say is, well, these are just paperwork snafus. What Obama did, this is totally different. This is a president or a wannabe president who's purposely doing this and i'm like oh please it was fucking obama dude the media fucking lapped that dude's jizz up every chance they could especially in 2008 do you really think the fucking libs in the government or the federal election commission are gonna go are gonna look too closely at the light bringer hell no Now, it is possible that it was just misappropriated paperwork, but I assure you, they didn't look too hard. Of course, it's Trump, so you know they're going to try to throw his ass in prison. So, (laughs) this is going to be great, man. Oh, I can't wait. So, now, one former federal prosecutor who's a big lib on Twitter named Glenn Kirshner, he's claiming that Trump post calling for protests could uh, see him denied bail if he's arrested. So they'll throw him in the clink because, you know, that, that's a incitement. And we all know what happened on scary January 6th, right? Because Trump is saying, hey, go protest. He didn't say go fucking storm the goddamn courthouse. He said, make your voice heard, go protest, which, of course, you're perfectly willing to do. I will tell you, you're in New York City as a bunch of MAGA people don't expect any fucking breaks if you touch a police officer you better if you are going to protest you better be the most well-behaved protester in history and of course you know antifa is going to be there and they're going to start throwing bricks and try to provoke you and all that so interesting to see what happens this is great, man. Now here's here's the debate. Will this help or hurt Trump? Because a lot of conservatives are like, oh, this is gonna like Elon Musk tweeted out. He's like if uh, they arrest Trump and charge him, he's gonna win the election a landslide? I don't know. Like pretty much everybody in his camp is already gonna vote for him. And do you really think all the people who hate him are gonna see him arrested and be like, oh wow, that's now that is a bridge too far. Going after a presidential candidate, that is, that is is anti-democratic. I'm now going to vote for him. I fucking doubt it, dude. There's going to be minuscule amounts of that. Do I think it will help or hurt him? I think it definitely turns him into a martyr either way. And he's going to p- pimp this up big time. Donald, especially, man, imagine if they held him without bail. He had the jumpsuit and he's behind bars. And then he comes out... <laughs> triumphant after they either dropped the case remember remember the feds tried to take him on this and the feds decide not to go ahead with this case because they really didn't have any evidence but the Manhattan District Attorney, Bragg he's a big left winger, he thinks this is going to make him and he's decided to go for it, that would be funny though, if Trump went to jail and then comes out and he's like all hard and shit (laughs) that'd be great, and he would be everybody would be like dude, I mean because going to jail is kind of cool If you, you know, haven't done anything horribly wrong, but if you like go in there and protest, you know, and then you win the case and come out, you know, that's pretty cool. So we'll see. I think that anybody who would vote for him over that though, anyway, is already in the camp. So I don't think so. Now let me play a clip from Trump. I think this is recently was this has no date on this clip. It was at a rally, a recent rally. And he, uh, talks about this a little bit. This is from uh, Illinois Rally. Let's listen to Donald Trump here.
2: Everything this corrupt establishment is doing to me is all about preserving their power and control over the American people. If I renounced my beliefs, which I won't do, if I agreed to stay silent, if I stayed at home, if I said that a corrupt election was wonderful, the persecution would stop immediately. They'd say, Good luck. Let's go on to the next victim. But I can't do that because I love our country far, far too much. Yeah. <laughs> and remember, they're coming after me because I'm standing up for you. And they're coming after you. Believe me, they're coming up for you.
0: All right. So, you know, it's funny. You know the, the blacks for Trump? Remember those guys? They're still behind them at the rallies. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay, let's see here. What else do I have? Uh, Let's go to the banking crisis. I've got a lot of tabs. I'm going to try to get this over with as quickly as possible. But this uh, banking crisis last week really looked like it was going to be a fucking total financial meltdown. Oil prices plunged. The market plunged. And uh, markets remained volatile yesterday, Friday. Stocks had their worst day of the week yesterday. And this is going to have lasting economic repercussions, even if it doesn't turn out as bad as they thought it would be. So they're really trying to bring inflation heel. That's a big part of it. I'll get that to in a moment. And the cracks really started showing with Silicon Valley Bank and these lesser known regional banks, these like small, mid sized U.S. banks. So. What exactly happened? Let's start with Silicon Valley Bank. Basically, Silicon Valley Bank put a lot of money into long-term treasury bonds, which when they bought them, were paying out a rate of like 2%. And now, of course, you guys know interest rates are far higher at 7%. So their bonds, unless they wait, I believe they were 10-year bonds. So they could hold on to those bonds. And once the 10 years is up, collect their money back plus the 2% but they have to sell the bonds first and nobody's going to sell. They want to sell them right now because they need the money, but nobody wants to buy them because interest rates are being offered at treasuries for like, you know, what is it now? 7%. So nobody wants to buy them. So essentially they're not worth much. And that's kind of how the whole thing got started. Uh, What does this matter to you? Well, it's kind of wider fallout because once one bank collapses, people get scared. They make those so-called bank runs. And even if, uh, even if banks are healthy, a deposit, if, if there's a fear, a bunch of depositors could show up and say, like, hey, I have uh, you know $100,000 in your bank. I want it all out now. If enough people do that, banks don't keep very much cash on hand. It's all like intertwined with all kinds of investments. So if word gets out that they don't have enough cash to pay, then a frenzy comes. More people come. To get their money out. And it's just a spiral downward. Yeah. Remember. Here's some more detail. On the government bonds that SVB got. U.S. bonds are considered the safest investment. It might not be a big return on investment. But they're generally pretty safe. Because the U.S. always pays their bills. And. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. This is right from the New York Times. The explanation I gave you earlier came right out of the steel trap mind. But when Silicon Valley Bank bought the bonds, interest rates were very low. Since then, the Federal Reserve, who sets rates, increased those to combat rising prices. So new bonds can carry interest multiple times higher than those that Silicon Valley Bank bought. Right. So if you bought a bond today, a treasury bond, you want the new ones because they are guaranteeing six, seven, seven point something percent. So when SVB started getting customers who wanted to withdraw their money, they needed to sell some of their bonds so they could get cash so they could cover those withdrawals. And they were losing money with every time they cashed a bond. And you know what? And this fucking bank. So I heard all week about, like, no, it wasn't wokeness and all that. They didn't follow basic financial advice, did SVB. They didn't, They were, like, all in on treasury bonds. <laughs> like, like, it was ridiculous. And let me just say, as far as people, like, saying, well, no, it didn't matter that they were woke or whatever. Listen, time is a commodity. Every single second you're spending on fucking diversity or pronouns or meetings about pronouns or meetings about diversity, every second you spend on that is one second less than you have to spend on doing, I don't fucking know, some due diligence on your investments. Didn't we all see runaway inflation and the Fed increasing interest rates? Haven't we talked about that for months and months now? What were these fucking dopes doing? They they did nothing. <laughs> they didn't have they didn't follow basic normal banking procedures. And financial regulations are apparently supposed to stop those kinds of things, but SVB's problems were not caught until it was too late. So, yeah, basic, basic just stupidity. As far as their uh, board of directors, you know what kind of experts they had at the board of directors of SVB Bank? Oh, they had a Hillary Clinton donor. Uh, they had a Nancy Pelosi donor. They had an improv performer. They basically had 12 directors, all of whom but one had no experience in banking. They didn't know. But what they do know is their diversity. SVP noted in a 2022 financial statement that 45% of their boards are women. Oh, thank God. In addition to other diversity, like one black member, one LGBTQ, LGQBT+. plus. wonder if they actually spelled it that way or the New York Post got that wrong. Oh, and uh, two veterans. <laughs> We're on there. I'm glad veterans are included in diversity now. Very good. Uh, yeah. yeah, here we go. Just one current member of the board has had a career at the top of the investment banking world. What do I tell you guys all the time? Nothing fucking matters anymore. Nothing. Competence, ability, experience... <laughs> None of that matters. It's all about what shade is your skin and what are your genitals and what sort of genitals pleasure you. That's all that anybody cares about. It's fucking unbelievable to me. Anyway, Washington looked at this and I know a lot. I've seen all the memes, guys. This is the same shit happened in 2008. Everybody's saying, how dare you bail out these rich people? The thing is here, once these elected officials stare into the abyss like they did 2008, like, like, of course, like a lot of Republicans, too, are going to look at no, oh, hell with them. We're not bailing out rich people. But then the financial regulators come into their offices and they explain the fucking catastrophe that's going to happen in the American economy unless you shore those banks up and these guys change their minds. And I reluctantly sort of agree with that. There's a great book. I can't remember. The, I had to read it for one of my finance classes. Uh, it was All I know is written by a New York Times writer, but it was a bit long book about the 2008 crisis. Virtually the same thing happened. They were going to be like, hey, this is capitalism. You know, fuck them. And then everybody gets in the room and they're telling uh, W like, hey, this is literally going to crash the world economy. Did you guys see that? Saw that movie, The Big Short? It was kind of stuff like that as well. So The feds felt like they had to get involved, and that's why. I mean, in spirit, do I wish, of course, they would have all failed and let capitalism run its course? Of course I do. But that's the thing you have to understand. It's not just the bank going out of business. There's ripple effects. It spreads to other banks, and pretty soon, the fucking entire U.S. financial system is collapsing. And that's the way it works. So you can disagree with it in spirit, which I do, but understand it in the financial health of the united states of america that's just my opinion on it uh anything else on this uh yeah they don't want to call it a bailout at all oh i had to sh- i had to tell you this guess who fucking cheered on the silicon valley bank bailout without mentioning he was a client you ready that would be my beloved governor stupid gavin newsom On Monday this week, Gavin Newsom praised the Biden administration's decision to intervene on the behalf of SVB bank's clients. I'm sorry, it is SV bank clients. After the bank was taken over by the FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. In a statement, he said the White House, quote, acted swiftly and decisively to protect the American economy and strengthen public confidence in our banking system, Mr. End quote. What he didn't say was it also protected his own companies? He owns three fucking wineries. You know, I if you know his background, his parents were buddies with the Gettys, the billionaires, and they gave him a lot of money at the beginning of his career. So, if you are wondering how a public servant—big air quotes on that one—managed to have multiple wine companies, well, that's why he owns Plump Jack, gayest name for a winery ever, Odette, and Cade. Those are three wineries, and they are listed as clients of SVB on the bank's website. And Newsom also maintained personal accounts at SVB for years. They asked Newsom about this, and his goofy spokesman said, uh, quote, Governor Newsom's business and financial holdings are held and managed by a blind trust, as they have since he was first elected governor in 2018. Okay, no, but do any of you believe that? Trump tried to say the same thing. Do you really believe that Gavin Newsom put all his money into this trust and then said, okay, I'm governor now. I cannot know how my money is doing. So it's a blind trust. I'm not allowed to see it and I won't have any idea what you're doing with it. Does anybody, does that, when you say it out loud, do you believe a word of that? Get out of here. Oh, and his wife, I'm the first partner. Remember that is the. Technical name for the spouse of the governor out here in California. It's not first lady. It's first partner. Gavin Newsom changed that. In 2021, Silicon Valley Bank gave $100,000 to the charity founded by Jennifer Siebel Newsom. That is called the California Partners Project. At the request of Newsom. It just says Newsom, this Intercept story. So I don't know if that's Gavin or her. I imagine it's Gavin because who cares what she wants. But yeah, and the president of SBV Capital and the guy responsible for SBV funds management, a guy named John China, hmm, he himself is a founding member of the California Partners Project's board of directors. See, they're all buddies. Wow. Wow. (laughs) unbelievable when when gavin newsom was asked during his 2018 campaign for governor if he would sell his companies because you know he's got a lot of corporate holdings Newsom reportedly replied, quote, these are my babies, my life, my family. I can't do that. I can't sell them, end quote. Okay, so he says he calls his investments his babies, and you fucking believe he put him into a trust where he couldn't see how his babies were doing or what people were doing with his babies? Ridiculous, dude. Yeah. Oh, and he gave control of that blind trust to a family friend. <laughs> so corrupt yeah guys, it's one big club. that's all. Uh, and then just last thing on uh uh banking. some of the other ones. Um, I want do I want to do this one too? there's a whole time. If you guys want to see how this all unfolded like hour by hour. Go Google, quote, bank runs, crypto concerns, and takeovers, a timeline of the panic, end quote. It's a New York Times article. I don't have time to. It's very detailed, so if you want to check it out. Last thing on the bank thing. It's not just our banks. Credit Suisse, the bank, the Swiss bank, they received an influx of cash of $54 billion. And guess who they fucking got it from? I talked about this last week. They got it from Switzerland Central Bank. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but last week I told you the Swiss Central Bank just recorded like a $112 billion loss last year. It was the highest in their company's 112-year history. But yeah, Credit Suisse's share price, because it's publicly traded, hit a record low and then rallied as much as 40%. Crazy, dude. Yeah, boy, you could have made a lot of money if you bet the bottom, because all these banks, like First Republic, Credit Suisse, their shares dropped like 40, 60, 70%. If you timed it right, man, some people made a lot of money, because as soon as the Fed stepped in and says, well, we're not going to let you go bankrupt, the stock price shot up by almost as much as it went down in the first place. So yeah, somebody made made tons and tons of money. Um, I do have a clip here I wanted to play. This is an exchange between Senator James Lankford and Janet Yellen. Remember, she's uh, in charge of the Fed, right? The check. So this is a long... I'm not going to play the whole thing. But he's basically asking her, well, are all banks now going to get this same bailout that we're giving Silicon Valley Bank? So is there any risk at all? Like, if they know they're going to get bailed out, then why would they change? Let's listen to what she says here.
4: Start with some of the banking issues we're dealing with on it. Will the deposits in every community bank in Oklahoma, regardless of their size, be fully insured now? Are they fully recovered? Every bank, every community bank in Oklahoma, regardless of the size of the deposit, will they get the same treatment that SVBP just got or Signature Bank just got?
5: A bank only gets that treatment if a majority of the FDIC board, a supermajority, supermajority of the Fed board and I, in consultation with the president, determine that the failure to protect uninsured depositors would create systemic risk and significant economic and financial consequences. So what is and your we made plan that determination?
4: Right. right. So, so what is Chubets. your plan to keep large depositors from moving their funds out of community banks into the big banks we have seen the mergers of banks over the past decade i'm concerned you're about to accelerate that by encouraging anyone who has a large deposit in a community bank to say we're not going to make you whole but if you go to one of our preferred banks we will make you whole at
5: that point um I mean, I don't know. That's <laughs> certainly not something that we're encouraging. That is happening.
0: Right Duh. Now.
5: That is happening because depositors are concerned about the bank failures that have happened and whether or not other banks could also. Okay,
0: so let me just uh, paraphrase this. So he's basically saying first, she says, well, we're not going to bail out banks unless we deem that not doing so would collapse the system. Like SVB Bank was unique because remember it had all that startup money right? and that's in Silicon Valley one of the biggest parts of our economy so they determined we have to protect this bank so what Langford says is well what's going to stop people from leaving all of our smaller banks because you just said you're not going to back them up what's going to stop the clients from taking all their money out of these smaller banks and moving them to larger and she's basically like well I don't know (laughs) so yeah that's great Okay, quickly, let's go. Uh, Let's talk about what happened in or between the president of South Korea and the president of Japan. They had a meeting. That's right. South Korean president Yoon Suk-yeol touched down in Japan on Thursday. It was the first time in a dozen years a leader from Seoul had made the short flight for a one-on-one visit with the Japanese prime minister. They've had a rough relationship For a long time, uh, because, uh, well, I'll tell you about it in a minute. This was a, a big demand that South Korea had. They wanted Japanese companies to compensate Korean victims of forced labor during World War II. And that's where all this bad blood started, right? Well, South Korea says they will drop that demand. So then Japan said, well, we should meet. They reciprocated that when the trade ministry in Tokyo announced that they were moving to drop restrictions on technology exports to South Korea that had been imposed since 2019. So these two countries have been at odds over all these historical wars and territory for years. And another big part of it is they want to come together to combat threats from North Korea's advancing nuclear program. And oh, by the way, North Korea launched an intercontinental ballistic missile for the second time in a month. And they're saying they launched it from a submarine. This happened hours before uh the prime ministers met. That's right uh let's keep going here What else about this story? yeah this is significant this is also significant to the allies in the u s because the Americans again need these two very strong allies to us to get along so they can help create that wall against China and Taiwan. So, um, yeah, really good news there. Let me see here. This is higher. The political risk is higher for Yun, the South Korean. When he announced last week that South Korea would create a government-run fund to pay wartime forced laborers as a workaround, for a Korean court order requiring compensation from Japanese companies, a lot of the victims weren't happy. Opposition lawmakers described that workaround as "quote one of the worst diplomatic disasters in the history of South Korea-Japan relations." End quote. Because they basically saying they're saying, "Well, there's no justice here. If you're just going to pay the citizens of South Korea, Japan should be the one paying the citizens of South Korea." So. Yeah, and then President Kishida from Japan, he's he's facing a little risk from uh, his conservative critics. So they're saying he's pandering to South Korea, and South Korea is uh, making stuff up about how mean we were to them. All right, that happened. Oh, and also just in Japan, as long as we're on the subject, I thought this story was funny. Uh, The upper house of Japan's parliament almost unanimously voted to expel a guy who won a seat in their parliament last year. He was a YouTuber. And why did they, they do that? Well, he never showed up for work. He was elected. This is uh, Yoshikazu Higashitani. And he was this big YouTuber. He'd spread celebrity gossip and go sightseeing. But yeah, on Wednesday, he was expelled from that house. That He is the first lawmaker in the country to be removed from office in more than seven decades. Higashitani is 51 years old. He's very well known during his lengthy live streams, and um, he ran for parliament from Dubai, saying he couldn't return to Japan because the police were investigating for fraud. But while he was in Dubai, he campaigned, I guess, totally online. He promised to expose dozens of celebrity scandals, and then he won. He ran as the candidate of the single-issue NHK party. They have one issue. <laughs> The party. You know what their issue is? They're dedicated to making changes to how Japan's national broadcaster is funded. So, yeah, he hasn't showed up, but he's gone on. He's still doing his all his celebrity gossip and everything else. And uh, they finally said, well, if you're not going to show up here, uh, then you just can't be here and you're out. Hmm. Let's see, us Anything else in here? A professor of Asian studies at Temple University's Japan campus wrote to the New York Times. He says the NHK party, despite rebranding, has achieved little except to register discontent with the establishment and the mandatory fees every household has to pay to them. That's great. Uh, A fellow lawmaker read a statement on the House floor. This is Satoshi Hamada. And he said his removal was unjust. The statement read, quote, There will be people like me running for office. If you do not want the world you have made to be destroyed, please exclude those people from candidacy. From the very beginning, I wish same punishment upon lawmakers who leave their seats immediately after propping up their nameplates and ones who are asleep and don't show up like myself, end quote. Very good statements. All right, let's go. This is a sad story. Lance Reddick has passed away. You guys know Lance Reddick? He's in The Wire and John Wick. um, Great actor. He was Lieutenant Daniels in The Wire. I watched The Wire. I probably watched the whole series of The Wire like three times. It's that good. But yeah, that's where he got all his fame. He died on Friday. He was 60. His publicist said that... He well at first she said he she wouldn't say where he died or cited a cause. I've been reading he was found at home dead. So then yeah here come all the fucking conspiracy theories. But like he was in shape. Like dude, did you guys see the wire when he was Lieutenant Daniels? There was a few scenes he had a shirt off. Dude, I know that was like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years ago, but still he was sixty, so he'd still be well into his forties. He was like ripped. So really looked like he was in really good shape. And then he was in the uh, John Wick movies. He played the hotel manager, Sharon, C-H-A-R-O-N, in all four films. And uh, sadly, has passed away. He was very good in everything he did. So sad story there. Uh, Let's go to the coronavirus. The World Health Organization is accusing China of hiding data that may link COVID's origins to animals now. (laughs) We're never going to know, are we? Yeah, the WHO rebuked Chinese officials on Friday for withholding research that may link their origin to wild animals, asking why the data had not been made available three years ago and why it is now missing. The Chinese data disappeared. Uh, before it disappeared, an international team of virus experts downloaded and began analyzing the research. It appeared online in January. They say it The data supports the idea that the pandemic could have begun when illegally traded raccoon dogs infected humans at a Wuhan seafood market. (sighs) Come on. But the gene sequences were removed from a scientific database once the experts offered to collaborate on the analysis with their Chinese counterparts. This shit should have been given out three years ago, if it exists. So they're trying to say that the raccoon dogs had left behind DNA in the same place in the Wuhan market that genetic signatures of the new coronavirus also were discovered. So they're saying the animals were infected and may have transmitted the virus to humans. But but the problem is they've never found one in the wild still. Um, I'm pretty sure. I'm just going off memory by that one. But I don't believe they found a single animal in the wild with the coronavirus in it who friggin knows and just for fun you guys this is just about the three-year anniversary of the beginning of the lockdowns the true beginning of the pandemic and i thought i would play this clip from the white house and doctors fauci and member burks that kook they were up there talking, and I thought I would play this clip when they announced all this stuff that was going just on. Re-
2: re- there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's an answer to this. Oh,
6: yeah,
1: <laughs> Go ahead, Tony. He was my mentor,
6: so I'm going to have to let him speak.
0: Yeah, yeah it's all funny, print. isn't it? It's yeah. funny.
6: It's really
7: small print. In states with evidence of community transmission, bars, restaurants, food courts, gyms, and other indoor and outdoor venues where groups of people congregate should be closed. Mr. President, are you telling governors in those states then to close all their restaurants? Well, their we products? haven't said that yet.
0: All right. Well, the, Trump did do that. So, Oh, man. You guys remember we're going to look back on the day? I still remember it. I still remember the eerie ghost town. When I walked down on Newport Avenue and fucking uh, found like it was like just nobody on the streets. Everybody's at home. Everybody's like freaked out, scared out of their mind. Ah, uh, crazy. <clears throat> well, to light myself up from that, I got to play this clip. This was great. So this is in Florida. And apparently this was some, uh, I don't know what they are. It doesn't really say it's like white supremacist guys, something like that. They were holding some kind of protest. And they're talking to West Palm Beach police officers and just saying some shit to their faces. And I'm going to play this clip. Fair warning, many racial slurs will be uttered. I do not have any idea how these cops managed to keep their cool, but uh, they're probably used to it after all the Antifa guys calling them pigs and everything else like that. So I'm going to play this clip. Protesters and the West Palm Beach Police Department, let's go and play it as soon as this page loads for me. Here we go. I fuck
7: about either of you, faggots. The only thing that's stopping us is your, you, you guys got your fucking badges on and shit. It's the guns. It ain't the badges. That's it. Fucking clowns. Clowns. Gun control. Quit licking your fucking lips, dude. It's weird.
6: Okay, so right now we're investigating a littering crime citations and I need identification from everyone here. If not, you're going to go to jail.
7: Littering crime.
6: Yes. I have to go and grab Sir, my you backpack. I identified. i have no problem. Yeah,
7: yeah my this in my backpack. Like this now? nigger is getting in my face. So would you like to get your yeah, from Yeah, I would. Me? Okay, let's Away get your from ideas. this nigger. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> See this nigger? See what he's doing? He's intimidating. Can I get in
6: here?
0: Black police officer.
7: Aggressive <laughs> <him>, nigger. No weapons in here. Shut up, nigger. No weapons. <laughs> Sir, I'm going to take this. This is me. Uh, I'm not
6: taking. it. Okay. I'm going to put it right here yeah, while you ahead. get your stuff, okay? Go ahead.
7: This is the hard part, man, huh? When I call you a nigger to your face, and you gotta act like a white man and detain yourself, huh, nigger? This is hard for you, huh? Your low IQ wants to fucking attack me, doesn't it? Over a fucking word, nigger, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. You are a fucking science experiment from the Jew. Y'all free to leave. Have a good day. All right, Officer Testosterone. Speak. Mystery Meat Hybrid. All right, nigger. See you later. Keep it simple. Yeah, shut up, nigger. If you fall on the lock, you'll be- Guys. shut up nigger no one cares about your fucking follow gay opinion law. you faggot follow the law you hey faggot nigger shut the fuck up
0: jesus
7: fuck you nigger
0: um... is that all
7: guys uh, uh guys, a little aftermath can drop the link to the entropy appreciate all the love and support hey great work today guys everyone holding their cool good work that was awesome romans up for everyone here romans up there we go romans good and work. now they're
0: hey, doing everyone. the nazi salute
7: I can't believe how corrupt this shit really is. I mean, I can, but that was. All right, guys, I'm gonna check.
0: Thank okay, you. I'm just gonna stop. That's the fucking white. T- I'm. I'm thinking that was the same dude I played the other week who was screaming at the Jewish people through the bullhorn. Remember that clip I played for you guys? It's like ah, oh, Jew, blah blah blah. Yeah, I have some more racial clips to play later. You know, I know. I I love the races. I can't. I don't mean to laugh, but it is. It's just funny to me. Let's keep going. Uh, Remember the story I did about the Iranian schoolgirl poisonings? A little update. Iran says they've arrested 110 people over that. Uh, They're they're saying thousands of girls were poisoned now. Uh, This dates back to November. Students being sickened. Uh, Authorities say they're investigating, but there's been no word on who might be behind the incidents. Now, remember, unlike Afghanistan, Iran has no history of religious extremists targeting women's education, even after the 1979 Islamic Revolution. Uh, There have been no fatalities in these poisonings. Some Iranian officials are suggesting that mass hysteria might have played a role. But um, the police spokesman... Announced the arrest and remarks carried by Iranian media. He also said the police have confiscated thousands of stink bomb toys. Indicating that some of the alleged attacks might have been copycat pranks. But some were serious. At least hundreds, is the word they use, of students were hospitalized. According to rights groups and local media. Hmm. Yeah, remember, they said earlier this month as many as 5,000 students have complained of being sick in 230 schools across 25 provinces. A human rights activist in Iran has put the number over 7,000. Oh, well, you know what? They had in a similar phenomenon in Afghanistan from 2009 to 2012 when hundreds of girls across the country complained of strange smells and poisoning. No evidence was found to support that. And the World Health Organization said it appeared to be a, quote, mass psychogenic illness. In other words, once somebody said, hey, I feel sick, everybody else said, I feel sick, too. Very, very weird. Okay, one of my favorite topics, guys. Uh, You might not know this, but uh, recently there was a historic Baptist church in Atlanta that was vandalized. Vandalized. Yeah, there was uh, swastikas painted there. Uh, Very anti-Semitic slurs were painted there. Well, they have made an arrest. You guys probably know where I'm going with this. It was a 60-year-old black man named James McIntyre. And he did get caught on camera tagging the Providence Missionary Baptist Church. And when they started investigating, they found him sitting right across the street from it. The front of the church was tagged with several messages, including, quote, devil worship 666, apostate, Satan, and sin, end quote. There was at least one homophobic message, and the media is too delicate to print that. Oh, the main doors had a swastika on it, but it was backwards. See, dead giveaway, dead dead giveaway. Yeah, and there was a big TikTok video, and of course, uh, some users said that, uh, oh, well, this is white racism, of course. One TikTok user said, quote, I have been to that church for the past for black political conferences, still have pictures. White racism and white power is Mother Nature's worst mistake, end quote. And see, they, if they'd listened to the podcast, they probably would have known it was another black dude. What else do we have here? Okay, let's go to Malawi, the landlocked African country. They had a cyclone there, Cyclone Freddy. It brought mudslides and floods and left nearly 200 people dead. Crazy, dude. That uh, Cyclone Freddy ran in there. Malawi's in the southeast of Africa. And it brought with it a ton of mud and floodwaters and all that shit and just friggin' swept people away in one city 158 people were killed as houses slid from their foundations the cyclone as of last tuesday had been going for 36 days straight that sets the record for the longest lasting storm in the southern hemisphere new record all the snow and rain man You guys remember this one. You remember the two Americans that were convicted uh, in killing that Italian police officer? Yeah, this goes back. This is Finnegan Elder and Gabriel Natale. Gabriel Natale Hajorth. H-J-O-R-T-H. Yeah, dude. Italy's highest court on Wednesday ordered the retrial of them. This was back in July of 2019 in Rome. The court is not ruling on the merits of the case or finding of guilt or innocence, but basically it was ruling on questions of procedure. So stupid. It annulled parts of the sentence that had been handed down by lower courts and sent the case back to a court of appeals to reconsider. So these guys are now 23 and 22, and they were sentenced to life in prison in 2021. That's Italy's harshest punishment. They don't have the death penalty. (laughs) Excuse me. They were... Punishment. They were punished for the killing of the officer. That was Deputy Mario Cerciello Rega. And he was in the Italian military police. Their sentences were reduced on appeal in 2022. Elder stabbed the officer to death during a brief altercation. He was sentenced to 24 years in prison. And Hajorth, who is believed to orchestrated the events that led to the death, is serving a 22-year term. They haven't really talked a lot about it, like why they did this. They're going to provide a detailed reasoning for their decision in coming weeks. Why? Just do it now when you're announcing it. Stupid. Okay, let's go. Oh, I have to talk about this one. I I mentioned it last week. The United States Senate has actually fucking confirmed Eric Garcetti as its ambassador to India. Do you believe this? And guess guess who saved his nomination? It was Republican Senators. This has been a 2 year fight, dude. An incompetent Eric Garcetti. Biden fucking stuck with this guy for 2 years. Like what does he have on Biden? This is one of the worst mayors of a major city in American history. He completely destroyed the city of Los Angeles. Garcetti was confirmed by a vote of 52 to 42. And it's just it's just completely insane. Remember, this is all about Eric Garcetti's chief of staff, that freak who was sexually harassing every man and woman in his sight. Garcetti knew all about it. He did nothing. And he lied under oath, by the way, during his Senate testimony. He said he didn't know anything about it. And then all the whistleblowers came forward. And these weren't right-wing whistleblowers. This was his chief communications director came forward, among many others. He's being sued is Eric Garcetti by his former bodyguard, a former LAPD guy, saying that his chief of staff, Rick Jacobs, was like groping him constantly, just gross, trying to kiss him, talking really crude shit. He's always denied it. Remember Chuck Grassley last year, he he put out that investigative report that had all the credible allegations from multiple whistleblowers. Again, these are people in Garcetti's office. The White House dismissed them as partisan attacks. How are they partisan if they're all Democratic women? (laughs) Man, unreal. He was interviewed after this. Garcetti said he never considered withdrawing his name. And he said the following, quote, I had check-ins with the president and he was 100% behind me. They said, we believe in you and we want you here, end quote. Are you fucking kidding me? This dope... What is it? he doesn't know anything about India anyway? Like why? Why him? How about you get somebody who's been working in the State Department for India, a career diplomat who actually knows anything? Unreal. So that I think we can safely agree now that the Me Too era is officially dead. Wow. Um, thing more here. Seven Republicans joined most Democrats in supporting him. Three Democrats voted against him. You know who supported him from the Republicans? Lindsey Graham, Susan Collins, Steve Daines, Roger Marshall, Bill Cassidy, uh, Haggerty, and uh, Young. That was enough. Steve Daines is from Montana. Guys, your Montana senator voted for Eric freaking Garcetti. And curiously, Senator Maisie Hirono of Hawaii, right before they voted, she said she couldn't vote because she just received some credible information. And then she didn't say what it was, and she didn't share it with anybody. So really, you receive such credible information that you're going to vote no, but you can't tell anybody what it was. Yet, let me be specific. The member of his security detail, Garcetti's, he sued the city not Garcetti personally. And the guy who did all the sexual harassing is Eric Garcetti's former deputy chief of staff. That's Rick Jacobs. A big, prominent Democratic fundraiser in the L.A. gay community and the top mayoral advisor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, here we go. In the days leading up to the vote, another person who claimed to have been harassed and assaulted by Jacob shared personal stories with the chiefs of staff of Democratic and Republican senators. Those conversations appear to have swayed some senators. Ms. Hirono said on Wednesday in a statement that, quote, earlier this week, I received additional information that, when taken in its totality with the information already available, has led me to be a no on Mr. Garcetti's nomination. Remember, she's a big lib, big women's rights chicks, Right. And then she just started and she wouldn't say anything. Naomi Seligman was his former communications director that started fucking freaking out because she saw Garcetti testifying in his initial hearing that he never witnessed any of this and none of the incidents were ever brought to his attention. That is such fucking nonsense. So this supposed genius Rhodes Scholar, right? The entire office knew about it. There was thousands of text messages all about it. But no, Eric Garcetti had no idea this was going on. And she went, Seligman, to Chuck Grassley and talked all about it. (laughs) The White House called the report partisan. Uh, You know the White House said? They not only said that, they called it, quote, a hit job from the beginning and many of the claims had already been conclusively debunked by more serious independent reports. End quote. What reports? I think I was in tears at the end, said Garcetti. This guy should be run out of town. He should never work in government ever again. I cannot believe the Republicans. Like, I get this isn't like policy, right? Normally, the president wants a guy as an ambassador. The president gets the guy. That's fine. But to be said, so, but he went and lied. At his hearing. That's disqualifying, isn't it? Like, he didn't even say, like, you know what? I regret not stopping it earlier. He didn't stop it at all. But he denied it completely the whole time. He lied. And he was under oath, too. So, I guess nothing matters, though. So, now we get Garcetti. I love this administration we have. We have Garcetti as the ambassador to India. We get that Julie Sue chick who, in charge of the California unemployment system, gave $30 billion away to criminals. She's being elevated to the Department of Labor. We got that FAA dope. I played a clip from him, that Phil Washington guy. He's going to be the head of the FBA, FAA. He ran the Metro out here into the ground. Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> God, there's just nobody. There's nobody, dude. Hey, ay, ay, ay. Let me see here. Oh, here's a good one. I put this one out on Twitter. Model Jeff Thomas fell to his death while taking a selfie, according to his agent. Mmm. Yep. His agent, uh, this is, I I never heard of this guy, but, uh, they found the 35-year-old influencer's body at the bottom of an apartment complex in Miami. Witnesses claim that Thomas had jumped intentionally, but the agent wasn't convinced. Uh, she said, uh, she found suicide unlikely. She'd just spoken to him and she said, quote, he may have fallen while he was taking a selfie, end quote. And I'm looking at the New York post story and there are many, many selfies. And we know that happens a lot. <laughs> His brother tried to say it was due to struggling with addiction and mental health challenges. Hmm. And then his cousin said, no, she told the Daily Mail, no, 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 this wasn't a suicide. So, another fucking dope hanging off the balcony. Let's talk about some Mexico stories. A 14-year-old boy nicknamed El Chapito has been arrested for the murder of eight people near Mexico City. Yeah, drug-related, of course. The boy allegedly rode up on a motorcycle and opened fire on a family in the low-income Mexico suburb, Mexico city suburb of Chimalawakan. And the victims were holding a party at their house at the time of the attack, which also left five adults and two children wounded. It was reportedly a birthday party. No way, dude. Now, this isn't the first time it's happened. In 2010, soldiers detained a 14 year old boy, nicknamed, quote, El Ponchis, end quote, who claimed he was kidnapped at age 11 and forced to work for the cartel. He said he had per- participated in at least four decapitations wow yeah good old mexico and let's keep talking about it because amlo is like losing his mind andres manuel lopez Obrador, yeah fucking amlo is he's like all about slamming he's just making shit up at this point mexico's president said this week greater quantities of synthetic opioid fentanyl directly enter the u.s and canada than mexico pushing back against U.S. criticism on his record of cracking down on trafficking, right? But last month, the head of the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Administration, that is Ann Milgram, she told a U.S. congressional hearing on drug trafficking that Mexico's Sinaloa cartel and rival Jalisco New Generation cartel were responsible for, quote, the vast majority of fentanyl that is coming into the United States, end quote. Oh, so she knows nothing, right? It's only the head of the... She's AMLO. She's making that all up, right? Yeah, AMLO was like, no, no, it's not us that's responsible for that. Yeah, he said, quote, I maintain that more fentanyl reaches the United States and Canada directly than reaches Mexico, I say. End quote. <laughs> he's just, hey, he's, he, he even denies that there's any kind of fentanyl manufacturing in Mexico. The government of Mexico said earlier this week that they had, quote, no record, end quote, of production. So he was asked, well, is there fentanyl labs in the country? He did say yes to that, but he said the raw materials used to make the drug were coming from Asia. Yeah, we know that, but you make it. And then he went on to say that his country was safer than the United States. (laughs) No, it's not, dude. No, it's not. Yeah, he said, quote, "Uh, Mexico is safer than the United States. There is no problem in traveling safely in Mexico, end quote. Uh, Mexico's nationwide homicide rate is about 28 per 100,000 inhabitants. The U.S. homicide rate is 7 per 100,000 inhabitants. So he's just making that up. He's angry because the U.S. State Department has do not travel advisories for A shitload of uh, Mexico. That's why he's lashing out. And oh, by the way, three police members, uh, police officers have been shot dead in a Mexico City shootout with cartel gunmen. That was just uh, a couple days ago. Three police officers and one suspect were killed. There was a dramatic running gun battle on the eastern edge of Mexico City. Yeah, they thought that uh, they approached a house where they believed members... Of that Jalisco cartel were hiding out and then they got into it and fucking got after it so very safe place oh and also yes I did see the video of the horde of migrants storming the El Paso border (laughs) did you see that shit there's like a thousand people dude and what's my first reaction I'm like what would be the perfect non lethal defense weapon here you guys have any guesses what I'm thinking water cannons where were they Dude, they just came out with reports about like rubber bolts or maiming and killing like all these people around the globe. Water cannon never killed anyone. They make you wet. They make it slippery. They knock you off your feet and you cannot advance. They're perfect for the border. If you're a bleeding heart, you know, you don't want anybody hurt. Fine. Use the water cannon. But no, mostly young men. And uh, they were basically threatening to make mass entry. What, what, I don't help here. Yeah, this is uh, some sort of, there was some hoax going around the internet that, uh, like, somebody had said, like, oh, it's like migrant getting in free day or something like that. So they all decided to, like, charge the border. Of course, <clears throat> nothing like that exists. But there they went. I have a couple of quotes as long as we're talking about the, the border and some clips. Let us start because they had a hearing. The Republicans went to the border. Uh, near south texas and they invited democrats none of them showed up not a single fucking one you believe these people they don't care what more evidence do you need to realize they don't care and they want this to happen that's the secret they can't say it out loud they want they're fine with overwhelming numbers of illegal aliens because they know they're going to have kids and never be deported and their kids will grow up voting for democrats it's not that hard to understand as a matter of fact, uh, well, I don't want to play him. I'm going to play this clip where Representative Mark Green asks Border Patrol Chief Raul Ortiz if the U.S. has operational control of the border. Here For we go.
8: Five minutes of questioning. Chief Ortiz, uh, does does DHS have operational control of our entire border? No sir.
0: That's okay. simple.
8: Thank you for that. Um, I'd like to share it with the American people. This is the actual definition of operational control that is in the code, written into the code well before I came to Congress, the definition and I appreciate the honesty of Chief Chief Ortiz. Do you think that uh,
0: prevention of, of all unlawful, unlawful entries into here, the US uh, is what that just code says? Share
8: this question. Will you testify under oath right now? Do we have operational control? This is asking
0: yes Mayorkas. Do. Yes,
8: we do. And we have operational are... control of the borders. Yes, we do.
0: <laughs> Chief they played Ortiz, that clip.
8: Do you think that uh, Secretary Mayorkas is lying there? Sir, when you talk about operational control, about 10 years ago, we used operational control as a measuring stick of our effectiveness along the southwest border. Uh, my new strategy is geared towards um uh mission advantage so you you know i i am asking a very specific question yes, and I, I you're you're kind of describing how how, how the goalpost has been moved because of the mass waves of people that are coming my question you heard the secretary he said we have operational control that's the definition Be- of based on the control. definition you have sir up there no we don't have operational control no sir but is secretary mario lying I don't. I didn't see the rest of the testimony. He's there, not so going to ask.
0: He's, all right. he, he's he's obviously not going to answer. That's his boss. Of course, he's not going to answer that. Um, and then he he talks about that parole that the Biden administration. Remember, guys, I talked about that a few podcasts ago. So instead of so instead of like storming the border and sneaking in, the Biden administration is like, well, we'll just offer you an app, and you can fill that app out, and then when you sneak in, you're not an illegal alien because you filled out your parole form. Let's listen to the representative talk about that.
8: The interim final rule is a rule that Secretary Mayorkas is trying to change and actually remove the judiciary branch from the decision-making on asylum. Even though Congress passed the laws many, many years ago that said the judiciary is to be involved, why would Secretary Mayorkas want to do away with the judiciary? Why would he want to subvert laws written by this body, the, con- the Congress? It's because they want more people to come into the country.
0: Yes, correct. And now their (laughs) solution
8: is an app. App. Where whomever fills it out just automatically gets parole when they show up at the crossing site. That is in total contravention to what the laws passed by Congress about how people are to enter this country.
0: That's true, but they don't care, Representative. They don't care. They know that. Uh, Do I have any other things from Ortiz here? Oh, here he is. Here's Ortiz. Now, this is the chief of the Border Patrol. So don't listen to the resistance or the dopes on Twitter. Here he is asked, talking about gotaways. How many gotaways? These are people who have never had any contact with the Border Patrol, but they can tell by like looking at surveillance video after the fact, and they estimate the number of people who have gotten into the country without being arrested, touched, detained, processed—anything. Let's listen to the chief here.
8: Three hundred eighty-five thousand got away so far this fiscal year. We continue to refine that number. I've got to do a better job of accounting for the uh, actual
2: encounters. Chief, chief, I have—I have limited time. I just need a number. What percentage? Of the 1.3 that you know got away, how much more do you think got away? You know that you don't know about.
8: In my estimation, based upon the situational awareness that I have, probably be between 10 and 20 percent, sir. More? Yes. Okay. So So
0: you're you're talking 1.5 million gotaways total since the Biden administration started. That's like getting to the size of like freaking San Diego. Fucking nuts. All right, guys, quickly, um, already starting around time. Let's go through some military stories. Uh, tragically, we lost a Golden Knight, the Army's parachute demonstration team. Sergeant First Class Michael Kettenhofen died during a training jump at Homestead Air Reserve Base in Florida. Apparently, he had a hard landing, is what I'm hearing. They don't have it in the story. And then this crazy one. You guys remember the insider attack at the Syria base where they said that, American EOD guy was planting explosives. He's been acquitted of all charges. <laughs> what the? And, and one of you guys uh, hit me on the DMs and you're like, dude, I know this guy. This was a farce from the beginning. And I asked them, I was like, well, then what happened? And he was like, we really don't know. But he said he didn't believe it for a minute. He said this dude, this EOD troop who was charged was a stand-up guy. This was Air Force Tech Sergeant David Deswan. And he was charged with three violations of the military code, destruction of military property, reckless endangerment, and aggravated assault. And they said that he set up explosives that injured four service members, including himself, at Green Village, the small U.S. military base in northern Syria, in April 2022. This happened at like 1 a.m. local times. and the military lawyer said we used soil samples, bomb fragments, metal shavings, and we had a pretty strong case. Well, he got completely acquitted of all charges. That is crazy to me. Also, they said a military service member was found dead in the Pentagon parking lot. A weird story. It was not disclosed who it was or which service he belonged to. Did they say how he was? They just said he was found dead. I'm assuming he offed himself somehow. Oh, the VA has cracked down, as you guys know, on stolen valor. Do you remember that chick, VA worker, the social worker, who claimed all that shit about military valor? She joined, like, the local VFW and everything. She pretended to be a Purple Heart recipient and a Bronze Star decorated U.S. Marine. That is Sarah Kavanaugh. She was sentenced she got six years in the federal lockup, dude. She had told people she's defraud, uh, she was injured in Iraq. She never even served in the military. She, she had claimed she was a cancer-stricken, Purple Heart recipient to obtain hundreds of thousands of dollars in fraudulent charitable donations and veterans' benefits, and she used the stolen identities and details of actual veterans to get the money. Wow. Yeah, she used the records uh, of a Navy veteran who was battling cancer, and she used the medical records belonging to a Marine as far as the Bronze Star and all that crap. This happened over five years, dude. And she was out. Yeah, here we go. Rose to a full leadership position at a VFW lodge, gave public speeches while dressed in full U.S. Marine uniform, complete with a purple heart and Bronze Star. Uh... Wow. Like, you can't, dude, you cannot get away with that in this day and age. The California has canceled their salmon fishing season. I actually agree with this. You guys know my stance on this. They're going to ban salmon fishing for a good portion of the West Coast through spring. The National Marine Fisheries Service announced there would be no salmon fishing from Cape Falcon, Oregon, which is near Portland, to the U.S.-Mexico border until May 15th. They also propose plans to keep California closed for salmon fishing through April of 2024. They're saying basically we don't have any fish. Now, you know what? I've long bitched about commercial fishing, what it does to the oceans. I'm fine with fishing, but again, repeating myself, it should be one man, one hook, one line. That's it. You get you get to go fishing, but you get to it's one guy using one fishing rod with one hook on it. Not these trawlers that scrape the ocean with nets or the fucking long line fishing where they throw out lines with like thousands of hooks on them and just rig everything in sight. So I would say if me and plus fish blows, dude, I said this on Twitter. Fish is not good. I'm tired of pretending All you guys like, oh, no, this, this place has the best sushi. I'm like, dude, all sushi tastes exactly the same to me. It really does. I'm tired of pretending raw fish is some delicious thing. It's, it's just not. It sucks. I'm tired of pretending, guys. So, yes, one man, one line, one hook. Spear fishing is also okay. And as one of you guys asked me on Twitter, yes, I will also accept noodling. Because you're using, you know, one arm, one guy, and uh, you're going for it. I can respect that. Let's go to this one out of India. This is funny. A photographer accused of raping a model has gotten bail. You know why he got bail? Because he's been locked up, right? Well, he failed potency tests three times. Now, this article from the India Times is translated in English, so it's kind of funny. But let me, he was, this guy, Prashant Danak, he was arrested in December of 2022 on charges of rape by a woman who was an aspiring model, right? And uh, she's like, yeah, this photographer I hired raped me. But uh, he said, "No, no, no, I didn't do it. So his lawyer claimed that the allegations were fake and that the knock was impotent. His lawyer told the court that during the investigation, medical examiners made three attempts on different occasions to collect his semen. But the medical reports revealed that there was neither erections nor ejaculation. And of course, my first question is, how did they do this? Well, here's how. Twice... They tried to use what they call a vibrator for 10 minutes. I'm, is this a fleshlight or, or is this a, a butt plug? <laughs> the details, tragically, are not available. But they also used a Doppler ultrasound somehow. I don't know how that works. So They used an ultrasound to somehow like stimulate his prostate. But there was no result. They couldn't collect his semen. And so they're like, "Well, if he can't fucking have any semen collected, how could he have possibly raped somebody?" Well, you answer would be like, "Well, because he got off on the act of violence. You know, he doesn't get off on fucking some lab coat-wearing <laughs> doctors jamming a fleshlight on top of his dick. He gets off on pinning a chick down and going for it. Or he's or his story's true, who knows." All right. I had this story, guys. You guys know occasionally I don't get to a lot of stories. I just forget them. Occasionally, I'll hold a few over because they're, one, funny, and two, you guys send it to me a lot. And this is one. I had this last week, but I didn't get to it. And this is the story of Newark getting duped in that sister city scam. Hilarious. Newark was thrilled to partner with the Hindu nation of the United States of Kailasa. The only problem... The country does not exist. The city hall even hosted delegates from the made-up country at a formal ceremony in January. The whole thing was a scam led by a notorious Indian fugitive named Swami Nithyananda. The agreement only lasted for six days. But dude, still, you're New Jersey's largest city. You didn't Google? You didn't Google. Because Wouldn't you be like initially, wow, I've never heard of that. Never heard of that nation. I've never heard of the nation of the United States of Kailasa before in my life. Maybe we should look into that. Nope. Newark Mayor Raz Baraka, this idiot, he told the fake delegates, quote, I pray that our relationships help us to understand cultural, social, and political development improve the lives of everybody in both places, end quote. That is so... Yeah, not one person just looked into it. That's hilarious, dude. The first thing that popped up on Google apparently is a website promoting the fake nation as an ancient enlightened civilization. (laughs) This guy is an infamous scam artist. He's been on the run from rape and child abduction charges since 2019. He was actually the subject of a 2022 Discovery Plus series called My Daughter Joined a Cult. And that's great. I I have, what is this clip of? Oh, here's where they, I don't know. So I have a clip where they admit they got scammed into it. And I'm wondering, I think in this clip, though, they're, they're actually talking, the mayor's talking to the delegates. Let's listen to this. What
1: started off as a seemingly well-intentioned partnership has turned into a giant embarrassment for the city of Newark. Earlier this year, Mayor Ross Baraka invited what he thought was the Hindu nation of Kailasa. Yeah,
0: there they all, they're they're all are, taking pictures agreement. in their turns out ethnic Kailasa gowns. Is
1: no nation at all. <laughs> It's a fake. Very embarrassing for the city.
9: I truly don't even have words for it. I'm really sorry for the city that they got duped in that way.
1: Though it has a detailed website, Kailasa has no real government. It's the brainchild of Swami Nithyananda, a notorious scam artist and fugitive from India who has been on the run from rape charges. There you go.
0: Since- okay. Very good. Top top people, dude. Boy, we have smart people in government, don't we? Man. Okay, oh, God. Uh, oh, you know, I forgot this one. Uh, my bad. I tr- should have had this with the other VA-related story. The VA is changing its motto, you guys. The old motto from Abraham Lincoln, when he dedicated the Department of Veterans Affairs, the old motto was, quote, to care for him who shall have borne the battle and for his widow and his orphan, end quote. Well, now we are in a much more enlightened time, and that is gender racism, So they changed the motto because we have females now, and maybe some of them don't have orphans. And this is the worst motto I've ever heard. You ready for the new motto? It reads now, quote, to fulfill President Lincoln's promise to care for those who have served in our nation's military and for their families, caregivers, and survivors, end quote. You could have made it gender-inclusive, and still made it cool you could have said for example i'm just spitballing here uh to care for them who have borne the battle and for their lost spouses and children right you could have just done that but no you instead you said served in the military no dude, born the battle dude born the battle is a good uh good motto dumb stuff uh i want to get some more clips What do I have for you guys? Here's a let's go. Well, I want to do the other racism clip too. That was a good one. Uh, Which one is it? Oh, it's apparently this is some kind of YouTube guy named Charleston White. He is an African American man and apparently he does not care for Asians. So uh, he decided to record this clip. Let's hear it. I
7: hate Asians. I'm Hmm. a hate for I hate Asians. I like we hate gays. I don't give a fuck about the Asian hate deal. I hate Asians. I hate Johnny Dane. I don't eat Chinese food. Only time I ever wanted some Chinese pussy was at a bathhouse fucking them Chinese sex slaves. I wouldn't dare. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chinese bitches can't suck dick good. Yeah, I hate Chinese people. Shit, yeah, I don't give a fuck about China, man. I hate Chinese people, nigga. I think Chinese stores should be robbed. I think Chinese women should be raped. Damn. Brutally. By big dick, well hung black men that hate Chinese women. Fuck China Mac. I think Chinese babies should be raped, nigga, and killed and used as alligator bait. I think Chinese babies should be killed and sodomized and used as alligator bait. Fuck China Mac, nigga.
0: God damn. Okay. Well, he's blind. No, there'll be no pushback on him. And then this one is in an In-N-Out burger. Because I see it in the background, my beloved In-N-Out. So, a black man gets angry and accuses a woman of racism because she didn't want him touching her daughter. So, he goes on a tirade. You're making a big
9: deal of nothing. Why? Why are you like that? Why? Why are you like that? I'll tell you why. You're racist. That's why. Oh, bullshit. Yes, that's the reason why. Okay. You're making a big deal of nothing! I touch other people! Nobody's on anything! Only you! Why? Because I
7: don't want you touching my daughter. You're
9: racist! That's the reason! Whatever. Idiots! Make a big deal of nothing! Why are you like that? Tell me why! I'll tell you the answer! The reason why you're like that is because you're racist! You hate, you hate blacks! That's the reason! Make a big deal of nothing!
0: <laughs> there and a bunch of like people are in there. They're all like staring at their shoes. Don't touch fucking other people's kids, dude. Like, yeah, I'm with that. Good for that chick. She's like bullshit. Fuck you, boy. He sounds like he's been taught. Like well, you can tell by his accent that he's somewhere he's not from. He's not a, an African American. But boy, he's been taught well, right? Whenever you do something stupid, just blame it on racism. Yeah, taught very well indeed. Uh, the UK has banned TikTok on government devices. That's right. Britain became the latest Western country to prohibit the use of TikTok, citing security fears linked to TikTok's ownership by a Chinese company. And uh, yeah, they said uh, this is going to be effective immediately. So the U.S., the European Union's, uh, the European Union, Canada, and India have already taken similar steps, and New Zealand did so on Friday because these apps store and collect, collect and store, if you like that, huge amounts of user data, including contacts, user content, and geolocation data on government devices. So they don't want it. And now they're they're even talking about, like, banning this in the United States, even the Biden administration. Like, do I think that's going to happen? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but the U.S. is pushing for TikTok to be sold by that parent company. The Biden administration wants TikTok's Chinese ownership to sell the app or face a possible ban. Yeah, the new demand to sell the app was delivered to them in recent weeks. Remember, Trump wanted to ban TikTok. Uh, so, and, and anything the orange man did is bad, as we all know. So... Even the Biden administration was reluctant to do this. You know that. But this is a big step in that direction. We'll see if they keep up with it. Quick stories: A uh, grandmother has been arrested for sexual assault of her three-year-old granddaughter. This is one of these sick cases. 43 year-old Heather Wallace. Wow she's a She's a grandmother at <coughs> excuse me, 43. Yeah, dude, she could face a minimum of 20 years in prison and convicted. So Wallace actually originally contacted the police about a man from Coldwater. Where is this? Michigan. She met on a dating app. She said the man, 52-year-old Daniel Remsing, asked her to take pictures of her granddaughter and sexually assault her. But she told officers she did not comply with that request. Um, and... According to court documents, Wallace said she'd accidentally deleted that Facebook communication with Remsings, so they got a search warrant through Meta, Facebook's parent company, and detectives waited for that information from Meta, but they reviewed information from Remsings' phone, and they had located two videos and one photo of a child of a sexually abusive nature. And... Yeah, dude, they said that they say what she did. No, they don't. They just said that it became clear when it was the granddaughter and the grandmother. It happened while Wallace was watching her. She's the babysitter, right? Fucking gross, dude. The guy is always, uh, has also been arrested. He's this huge, fat, gross guy. Uh, some quick headlines. The Pakistan Taliban insurgency. I told you guys about that for a while. Well, it's being potent this time because guess what they're using? All of the United States arms that we left behind in Afghanistan. That's right. They're they're using modern weapons and night vision. This is great. Remember, this is the TTP. The Tariq-e-Taliban Pakistan. It's a banned militant group. And they've been up uh, big time with their attacks. And they're crediting this resurgence by them getting all these weapons. U.S. funded military equipment that is in the possession of the former Afghan government when it fell to the Taliban was valued at $7.12 billion. Now, the Taliban in Kabul has issued several uh, denials that the TTP and groups had access to this, but they put out propaganda and you can see it. Just just go on Twitter, and you can see them using M24 sniper rifles. You can see them using ACOGs with uh, and trigicons. You can see them using rifles with thermal scopes. They brag about it. Uh, what a debacle that was, <clears throat> really was. What else? Quickly. Let's go back to Australia. They have reinstated an alcohol ban for Aboriginal Australians. This is weird. Yeah, in a, a uh, in an Aboriginal town camp where, from two thousand and seven until last year, it was illegal to possess alcohol, and this was the Northern Territory. Last July, they let the alcohol ban expire for hundreds of aboriginal communities because they called it racist. But aboriginals, unfortunately, for whatever reason, they uh, don't do well with the alcohol and the crime. And they said once the alcohol flowed again, there was an explosion of crime, and it was widely attributed to the aboriginals. So then they reinstated the ban late last month. So, of course the aboriginals are saying, "Hey, I'm not the one doing the crime." But it's yeah, this is weird. How how is this even legal? I know it's not a real free country. But yeah, that now they officially, if you're an aboriginal in some of these towns, you cannot drink or possess alcohol. Very weird. Los Angeles might see a bunch of school closures next week a, a bunch of workers plan to strike 3-day strike at the LAUSD is scheduled to start Tuesday yeah this is out of support not really this isn't really the teachers over their salaries they want to strike in solidarity to the with the cafeteria workers bus drivers custodians and other school employees they think that more than 1,000 LAUSD schools may have to close Tuesday through Thursday. They want a 30% raise. Good, Good luck. Lo- where's all this money go? You know, the Los Angeles Unified School District, their enrollment's been dropping steadily for years. Like, they're almost half of what they were, like, 10, 15 years ago. And they want more money, but they have just as much money. Like, funding is never cut. They have more money than they've ever had. So where's all the money going? It's going to a bunch of administrators who don't do anything. Let's play some more clips, though. Let me begin with this story. And I'll play into the next one. I want to read you this bullshit headline from KTLA 5. One hospitalized after stabbing near Santa Monica Beach. The suspect was identified as Alan Barna, 40 years old. And... They found a, what they call a Santa Monica City employee who had, quote, attempted to rouse an individual sleeping in the area, end quote. And that's pretty much the end of the story, right? Well, guess what this was? And I've asked this question a bunch of times. Yes, it was a vagrant. They don't point that out. And the guy stabbed was one of these fucking ambassadors. You know, the guys who are unarmed and supposed to speak with the homeless. How many times have I fucking busted out laughing, saying there's only a matter of time before one of these dudes is going to get killed? And they don't put that in the headline. This is like journalistic malpractice, dude. (laughs) I can't believe they went with one hospitalized after stabbing near Beach. No mention of vagrant. No mention of if he was fucked up on booze or drugs. No mention that the guy was a victim as one of these stupid ambassadors. And in that vein, here in San Diego, the city council is now considering barring police from talking to or interacting with the homeless after a tiny study at San Diego State discovered the homeless sometimes see police as racist. Let's play this clip from the San Diego City Council. The San City
8: Diego Council. City Council is now considering a radical approach, one that removes the police department from talking to or helping the homeless. This is a news story. It also prevents the police from enforcing laws in the homeless camps. They are
10: absolutely victims of criminal behavior themselves. This Almost is a police union guy. Targeted. By, by all by all kinds of criminal activity. And there are a lot of them are real victims of serious crimes and they need protection just as much as everyone else. And our officers are out there doing that every single day on the streets to try to get them
0: help.
8: But according to a study presented to the city council by a researcher at San Diego State, two
0: white women, by the that way, that
8: happen to be black are less likely to accept help from police because they perceive police to be racist. Therefore, according to this study, all police should be excluded from helping the homeless. No. The San Diego City Council. <laughs>
0: okay. I, I can't I can't believe. OK, well, you know what? They might see the cops as racist. So, no, we can't have that. No, you just arrest them then. If they don't want the help, I've told this is the only way this shit works. Oh, there is an absolute religious, cult-like belief among the homeless advocates that all these people just want they just want a good day's wage for a good day's job. and they just want a hand up, not a handout. It's so it's like make-believe little kid shit. You don't believe me? Go down to your local homeless encampment and just sit there and watch for a while. And watch how many are just completely nuts, babbling themselves, doing drugs. And they don't want to go into these shelters because they have rules. It's a zillion times. I have to get to the. This is another one I had last week. I regret not getting to it. Uh, 34-year-old Jacob Barnhart has been killed on his way to his daughter's softball game when a drag racer speeding at 100 miles an hour lost control of his car. And the reason I bring this up is because uh, Barnhart uh, served 15 years as an 18 Delta Special Forces medic in 5th group and was a Green Beret, uh, by all accounts, a combat vet, uh, fit, how many, who knows how many tours. And he was just uh, randomly driving to the practice and some piece of shit named Patrick Ewen. Just ran, ran him over and killed him. Broad daylight going 100 miles an hour. So just like that, dude. A couple of you guys messaged me about that. So there you go. S- sickening. Let's do some political clips. I know you guys love... I know you guys love Kamala Harris. She went on Jimmy Kimmel. And she had some bangers. Let's listen to this one. This is... um. Some over left-wing protests. Let's listen to this. Was
9: there any discussion in the White House about what the blowback would be for approving the Willow oil project? Because the one in Alaska, quite upset about it. I think there's some protesters outside right now.
6: Well, I think that the 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 concerns are based on what we should all be concerned about, but the the solutions have to be and include what we are doing in terms of going forward, in terms of investments.
0: Okay, what does that mean? What are the solutions? What are you talking about? (laughs) To Stephen Colbert just moves on, dude. Oh, yeah, that's, that sounds good. That sounds really, really good to me. Uh, here he is talking more to Kamala Harris, but what is her job there's exactly? A,
9: a, uh, in the, one of the themes of the show is that her character, uh, Selena Meyer, is frustrated by the sometimes vague duties of the role. Like it's a, it's He's talking a about, about
0: that show Veep. But
9: it's not prescribed so much about what you're supposed to be doing. Does is, is that ring true? Like... What is, to, what is the actual role on a daily basis as you have found
6: it? Well, I have the great privilege of serving with Joe Biden, who was president of the United States.
0: <laughs> really? Is he? Listen to the fucking
6: seals right. clapping.
0: Right. Yeah, right. Queen right. Slay. He's but, so awesome. He
6: was vice president, right? Does, that affect so.
9: it? does, it, does he understand what it's he like does. to be a vice
6: president? He does. He does. You don't and do anything. He really is a true partner and he understands the job. And remember, we came in during the height of the pandemic. Yes. And so, so much of the work was about, okay, we've got to cover a lot of bases and let's figure out how between us we can do it. What bases? But he is um, an extraordinary leader and I wish that people could what see what I do
0: you do? See
6: <laughs> because uh, there's only one person who sits behind that resolute desk. And the decisions
0: that that person has to make are the decisions. What that is your job? Uh, and he's an extraordinary leader. Thank, what, what is your oh my, I, I'm just gonna it, it goes on from there and she still doesn't answer the question. Oh, did you see the cringe I know I have a lot of Kamala Harris this week. Uh, the Howard University was in the March madness the the tournament, and they lost by like twenty eight points and they were forced to sit there and listen as Kamala Harris was rolled in and gave them this cringe speech. Let's listen yes, to this one.
6: Made all us bisons so so proud. You hustled out there. You are smart. You are disciplined. You put everything you had into the game. And you know that's what it's about, right? Until the last minute, <laughs> you guys did that. You talking to them like like in third grade. Second, you did not stop. And that is so inspiring. So you keep. Playing with chin up and shoulders back.
0: Well, they can't. They're out.
6: Because you showed the world who bison are. Right? I mean, uh-huh. you, literally <laughs> what stone you stone silence is in, in historic proportion. You know, I was at Howard back in the day where we were just happy that there was a game. <laughs> Much less getting to this place. <laughs> right? And I see bison literally
0: all over the world. Okay, shut up. Um oh I, I forgot. I had this one out of order. My apologies. Stephen Colbert said there were protests outside. But he thought they were pro like left wing protesters because the Biden administration decided to open up that Arctic oil area for drilling. And stupid Stephen Colbert is like, Oh, there's protesters outside about that. No, they were they sounded like they were MAGA protesters. Let's listen to as she exits the oh, building. Oh, 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 oh. Hehehehe. <laughs> I love the, I love the MAGA people have like time to like protest all this. Oh, that's great. And I have a few clips of Biden. Oh, here's one. This is going around. He did an interview on Comedy Central and he says he was, uh, he was, he started supporting gay marriage in high school, which is, the let me auntie and uncle this. that I
8: have is beyond disappointed that there hasn't been a wedding yet. But, uh, but Cardi B is going to marry us. Apparently, officiate our wedding, which would which would be nice. But my my question for you, Mr. President, is: you codified uh, support for same-sex marriage and interracial marriages like like ours. I'm curious what your evolution. That's Cal
0: Penn. Like apparently, he's in a gay going to be gay married.
8: And what the federal government might be able to do to protect LGBTQ Americans, especially trans kids who are dealing with all these regressive state
2: laws that are popping up right now? I can remember exactly where my uh, epiphany was. Okay. I hadn't thought much about it, to tell you the uh-huh. truth, and I was a senior in high school, and my dad was dropping me off, I remember about to get out of the car, and I looked to my right, and two well-dressed men in suits kissed each other. I mean, they gave each other a kiss. And then one went, looked like he was heading to the DuPont building, and one looked like he headed to the Hercules Corporation building. And I'll never forget, I turned and looked at my dad. He said, Joey, it's simple. They love each other. Guess, it's simple. No, I'm not joking.
0: Yeah, no, you're, no, you're not joking. Each other. You're lying. Okay, stop, dude. What, so Joe Biden was in high school in, what, what is he, 80 now? So this would, been like, this would be like, what, nineteen sixty previous to that and you're telling me two dudes in suits publicly kissed in the street and you a white blue collar guy supposedly your parents you were like oh yeah that's cool i don't fucking believe that for a minute oh and then he celebrated st patrick's day in fairness this was pretty funny he was celebrating st patty's day so he gave a little speech let's listen no, i'm
2: the only Irishman you ever met though that's never had a drink so i'm okay <laughs> I'm
0: really all you drunken ripping on the drunken irish All right, that was a good one, Joe. Guys, I'm starting to run out of time. Shit. Um, Let me be... Oh, I wanted to play this. Um, Ron DeSantis did some interviews as well. And here he is talking about the moment he knew that public health was totally screwed from the pandemic. Yeah, the White House so,
10: task force was hammering me for like the first, like really, like three months because they wanted me to be, uh, you know, clamping down harder, and um, and and she, you know, she, and she, she was, so I so I called I like Deborah, just tell me when in american history model has this been done and what were the results because like i kind of feel like you know we're flying blind here and we may be doing things that are going to be damaging and as she said she's like you know it's kind of our own science experiment that we're doing in real time and that didn't sit well with me no. i mean you know you're a he's, citizen he's of america you're not a guinea pig and so uh, i think that that there's a whole bunch of other things i talk about in the book you remember the um, george floyd riots yeah, when the yeah, yeah. epidemiologists yeah. because people were saying You've been telling people you have to stay in your home. And like in Florida, they were killing us because even in those early days, you know, when we were following federal guidelines loosely, but we were following some, we were playing golf. I mean, the villages, they're they're setting record for golf. People are boating, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. They were so mad at Florida for doing that. People on the beach, all this stuff. That was their position. You are killing people if you leave your house. So then all these people are, like thousands of people are protesting. 2,000 of these epidemiologists write a letter saying, we do not condemn these protests uh, because of COVID. Indeed, we think they're vital for public health because right, they're fighting it's a bigger them. disease yes. than COVID. <laughs> and so that's that's when I knew: is this this public health this public health uh, a, a clan of people they are sick. I mean they are they are ideologically
0: captured. Uh, I mean he's he's right. That's when I knew it too. The last shreds of faith I had in the public health system went down. And then here is Ron DeSantis because the media went after him uh, for among other things, uh, eating a pudding cup with his fingers. Okay, they were mortified by that. So Ron DeSantis decided to address that pudding Hello, cup scandal. America. Let's listen.
10: This is Ron DeSantis. I know you've heard a lot of stories in the press lately, unflattering stories, horrifying stories, frankly, and I just want to make one thing perfectly clear. You're goddamn right. I ate pudding with my fingers. I'm Ron fucking DeSantis. God it. If I want to eat pudding with my fingers, I do it. I don't give a shit. Who's gonna stop me? You, get the fuck out of my face, asshole. I'll eat whatever I want with any utensils I feel like. Pizza with a fork, bring it on, bitch. Cheerios out of an empty coffee can with a back scratcher. Zero fucks given. Your mother, raw, been there, done that. (laughs) Your rules don't apply to me. Your scorn fills me with joy. I am a fucking superstar. Step to me and I'll drop you like I'm dropping this mic. Do not ever fuck with me again.
0: All right, so... Uh, okay, so that 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 second one may have uh, been a fake AI clip. You guys know I like those. That's great. Oh, man. Let's see here. Quick headlines here, guys. Colombian coal mine explosion has killed at least 11, and there are still 10 miners trapped underground. A man has been convicted in holland for removing his condom during sex without his partner's consent that's aka stealthing yeah that just became a law in a few states he was acquitted of rape but he did sent uh, the court sentenced the suspect to a three-month suspended prison sentence so watch the stealthing guys ufc fighter Jeff Molina was forced to come out as bisexual after video leaks on social media of him performing a sex act on another man. <laughs> bisexual. <laughs> Bro, come on, you're not you're not bi- you're you're gay. It's it's fine. It's it's fine. And let me see who is guys pop quiz. You should know this by now. Saifulo Saipov. That is the New York City bike path terrorist. Remember I told you he was convicted Well, guess what? The dopes in Manhattan refused to give him the death penalty for the 2017 van attack that killed eight people. He was instead sentenced to life without parole. Fucking weak, dude. Weak. You guys saw here in San Diego, this made worldwide news. Uh, At least eight people died after those boats capsized in the human smuggling attempt in San Diego. Yeah, those panga boats. Yeah, and they're still, still there was a total of um let me see here. One boat carrying approximately eight people made it ashore, while the other boat carrying an estimated fifteen people overturned in the surf. So they found eight bodies, and that would leave seven unaccounted for, and it was a super foggy day that day, and uh they're undoubtedly dead. So make it like pretty much all fifteen are are gone. Yeah. What else? Uh Yes, I got the Ohio man's arm that was bitten by a zebra. The zebra was put down. <laughs> the guy had his arm bitten off by a zebra he owned. And uh, zebras, are they're cool looking, not very high on the animal hierarchy. Here is a, a transgender woman talking about her love life. Let's listen to this one
9: seriously no cap men suck if you're a man and you're watching this there's like a 75 to 80 percent chance that you fucking suck time and time again i get asked out at my work online whatever might be over and over again doubt flirt with me for days you fall in love with my personality you fall in love with my body whatever it might be and then i end up in the end telling you i'm a post-operative transgender woman and like fucking that You disappear because of your shallow, fragile masculinity. And you try and play it off like, no, 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 that's just not for me. Fuck you. It is 1000%, even if you don't fully understand it, because you don't think I'm a woman. There's a reason that I stick to women. And (laughs) there's a reason why all the women I date are out of the league of any man in comparison. Because they don't have this toxicity to them. Trans women are more than goddamn genitals. Ask us about our brain before you ask us about our body, you fucking twats. You straight up don't deserve us and you think that we don't deserve you. Fuck you.
0: Correct. Okay. Uh, men don't care about that. And of course, if you're like, uh yeah, I I I don't have a penis anymore. I do have this canal that's been artificially made into me. So, I'm still good, right? And dudes are like, "No. No, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna pass on that one, bro." Any other clips I have to get to before the last headlines? Uh Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, no, I don't want to hear that. Uh, okay, let's do a couple of these stories, guys. Uh, hidden camera stories. A Pennsylvania teacher's aide has been accused of filming a special needs student using the bathroom and then shared it to social media. Yeah, dude. She used uh, Snapchat to do it. The student was reportedly in the video sitting on the toilet but not showing genitals. School officials said this chick who filmed it, it was a woman, only meant it as a joke. But then she shared it on social media, which is weird. And the other one I had was a Florida barista hid a camera in the men's bathroom to watch attractive men. <laughs> oh, this is funny. You know what the coffee shop was called? The coffee shop was called We Spy Coffee and More in Tarpon Springs, Florida. And a camera had been placed under the sink in the men's room. And one guy found it. So Spyridon Volgarakis was arrested. That is a male. And the camera was facing the toilet. And he, the booking officer wrote, quote, I reviewed the video and I observed that Volgarakis surreptitiously recorded the victim in a private bathroom which captured his genitals for the purpose of self-gratification? Oh, so he was jacking it, dude. Oh, man. Yeah, he admitted it. He's like, yeah, I saw these dudes, and I was like, wow, that dude's like, I got to see that dude's dick. And they did it, so. Uh, Wyoming became the first state to outlaw the use of pills for abortion. That's ridiculous to me. Like, honestly, dude, come on. YouTube has restored Donald Trump's account privileges, so he'll be back on YouTube. As you guys know, and Meta, did, Meta did as well, or Facebook, and Twitter has as well, although he has yet to tweet. Surprised he hasn't after the indictment scandal. Um, the Autobahn Society. That is a longtime national bird conservation group. They are going to keep their name. They are named after John James Audubon, right? The board of directors had voted to retain the organization's name despite pressure to end their association with James Audubon, a 19th century naturalist and illustrator who loved birds, but he also loved slavery and he had slaves. And so they wanted them to get rid of the name and they said they're they're not going to do that. San Francisco is looking to pay out those reparations, man. I mean, it's not just... They not only want to do $5 million per resident, they had like a 100 demands. They wanted elimination of personal debt, elimination of a tax burden, guaranteed annual income of at least $97,000 for 250 years, and to give out homes in San Francisco for just $1 a family. They're probably going to pass it... Where is this money coming from? And the supervisors, the reporters won't ask. The supervisors who vote on this, they just keep going like, no, this is the right thing to do. But this is this money is coming from the city. This isn't state money or federal money. It's city money. And they, as a conservative organization, has said this would cost each non-black family in the city at least $600,000. A final committee report is due in June. By the way, San Francisco is a huge deficit, and you guys all know about the problems in the tech industry. So where that money is going to come from, nobody knows. And with that, guys, I am out of time. And I'm going to the big finish. We got a good one. Are you ready? (laughs) You're, you're You're not ready for this. Let us go to New Jersey and Asbury Park, where... Allegations were made in Monmouth County Superior Court arguing against 18-year-old Banny J. Mezkititla. He is being accused of raping and torturing his pet cat over a several-month period until the cat eventually died on March 2nd. These details are insane. The cat died, like I said, March 2nd. He is alleged to have strangled the animal using his cell phone cord and threw her body out of his bedroom window. But on Tuesday, they read out the allegations that this abuse had been going on for the past several months. On multiple occasions, this freak strangled the cat with a pulley system using his white cell phone charger, the doorknob, and a dresser knob. While strangling the cat, it is a her, he would use miniature handcuffs to tie her limbs behind her back, He would record it on video and take selfies as he's strangling her. And then, yes, he later admitted to masturbating in front of the cat, sticking a pencil inside of the cat, and using his penis to have intercourse with the cat multiple times. This included ejaculating inside and outside the cat post-mortem examination found that the cat named Ellie showed signs of sexual trauma both vaginally and rectally. Ugh. Additionally, said prosecutors, quote, someone cut her lower jaw and tongue off with a sharp tool. This occurred pre-mortem, meaning while Ellie was still alive. They found videos of all this while the cat was being pulled up by the neck in the pulley system, appearing to gasp for air, clawing at the wall. Oh my God! There, are, his defense lawyers argued that he should be released on bail. Say, hey, he didn't—he he didn't hurt a human being. <laughs> dude. This man cannot be allowed on the streets, dude. Vaginally and anally, and yes finishing multiple times inside the cat's ass, inside the cat's vagina, and then just for good measure all over the cat's fur and anywhere else you can go. Holy fuck. How do you he must how do you even fit a penis, a human penis inside? You know, this is the second cat rape story I have heard. But this is the first one where he raped the cat to death. Yeah. What's this? Fuck. Go, go, uh, go Google the name, guys. You'll see his picture. Bonnie B A N I middle initial J, Mez M E Z, Quit Quititla Q U I T I T L A. Fucking freak show. That's it. That I'm I'm disgusted. I'm over it. I can't go on, guys. Please, when you're protecting the cats of your neighborhood from these sodomizers consider going on patreon.com i could really use some more support as always you go to patreon.com type in the search bar bk actual it's the way i can keep this nice and ad free and i really appreciate all my fantastic patrons guys that is the best way to help me you say you enjoy the podcast you love the podcast help me keep it going go to patreon bk actual and then check me out on twitter at bravo kilo actual instagram at bk actual that's going to do it for me. I'm going to get out in the sunshine. I'm soaking wet right now. The sweat has the veins glistening, you guys. The abdominals are popping out. It's a very aesthetically pleasing sight. I'm going to go add to it right now. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you next week.
7: I feel that reaper always near I hope I make it through the night. I hope I make it
1: through the night.
5: I don't know.